thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. He may look like a teddy bear, but Matt Vincent is a straight grizzly competitor. This creator of IHVIII, aka I Hate Matt Vincent, is best known for his numerous Highland Games appearances and probably most known for blowing out his ACL at Power Athlete HQ. Although the knee injury was a minor physical setback for Vincent, the buzz surrounding the incident propelled him into celebrity status, so you're welcome for that. This week, Matt and the crew trade knee rehab stories, discuss some of the most notorious stone lifting feats, and delve into the current state of fringe politics in our country. But the real gem of this episode lies towards the end, when Luke reads an email exchange from a scammer slash solicitor in Barcelona. Strap yourself in for cockfighting, Instagram crushes, racism, flat earth bullshit, and Keanu Reeves. This is episode 227. Our Athlete Nation, what is up? Uh, sitting here with John at the gym at the new Power Athlete HQ, recording our first podcast here. So listen up. You might hear a little wor- road noise. You might hear breeze come across the mic because we don't have the fan in yet. We're getting some cross breeze. You might you might hear some exotic birds squawking in the background because John's neighbor is the most prolific cockfighting breeder of his era. He is one of the most famous cockfighters in the history of cockfighting. He is the witch doctor. Well, have witch you ever doctor. seen Steve Holmes? No. Like John Holmes? Or? Uh, Steve Holmes. Uh, he's, I, th- I think it's his cousin or something. He's a Hungarian guy does a lot of porn. Uh, so he's pretty prolific. He's well, well uh, oddly enough, we're talking about uh, roosters fighting each other. Oh, so, all right. So my neighbor, who's 87, uh, raised roosters on his land and uh, traveled all over the world and was probably the most winning cockfighter and, and had a strain called the Witch Doctor. And uh, he actually raised him here in Bee Cave, Texas. And uh, he's my next-door neighbor. And his gifts, when he would win shit, they'd give him, like, jewelry. And he's got crazy exotic birds. I'm pretty sure he has some fucking lemurs over there that I saw. Because he has yeah. these little monkeys jumping. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, what's up with the crazy birds? And he's like, oh, I want them in a cockfight. And I was like, <laughs> like, like, uh, like. currency. I, I was like, lemur. Are, are, we talking about, lemur uh, are we talking about uh, birds or penises? Yeah, like, is, you know. Yeah, I mean, are we talking about like gingerly touching her tips? He's like, no. He like looked at me. He's like, what are you talking about? Weirdo. He's like, yeah. he's like, I'm, t- I'm talking. I'm the weird one. You're the one with the exotic birds and, he's and like, the rooster. He's fights. like, I'm talking about the sport of kings. I'm talking about fighting roosters. And I was like, I was like, I thought horse racing was a sport of kings. He's like, nah, nah. This is the other sport of kings. I'm like, okay, this is fucking crazy. So there you have it, people. That is this episode. No, fuck. And we have uh, Matt Vincent drove out. Fucking is sitting here around yeah. the table with us. Uh, he's gonna be our guest for today. What is up, dude? Not much, man. These always go better in person. I would, fu- I would totally agree. I you mean, know what we. I mean? Well, I'd, the problem is at home, you're usually, you know, not wearing pants. I'm mm-hmm. Never gonna wear pants. And uh, you know, watching one. YouTube videos of just nothing but, um, you know, your favorite, you know, hobby right now, which is observing fuckboys. That's my hobby. Yeah, that's it. I just guys in stringer tanks, you know, lifting weights. <laughs> just yeah. what I like to watch. Yeah. <laughs> just using the word bro uh, lot, way too a much. Bro. A lot of bros, bro. Talking about like, you know, if you do curls, but you twist a little bit more you really engage that other well if you drop your elbow and you rotate for like you know more like supination then you can activate more bicep and then you know that's when you've reached the final level oh, I, don't, I hate my current training being injured like doing <laughs> stupid well stuff. i saw you on instagram it. doing uh, assisted just literally box squats with no weight like you were just yep. sitting up and down holding the rack and i thought to myself uh 
it takes me back to like my, my darkest time when I was trying to do uh, glute hip bridges because I couldn't squat. Yep. And I had like 135 on the bar and it was hard. And I remember thinking like, how far the mighty have fallen? Oh, dude. It's, yesterday was absolutely a dream that like day one, like, oh, I can air squat. We're going to do a lot of those. <laughs> and That's it's, uh, it, the, the amount of discipline, I guess. I mean, this is your first rodeo, though, right? I mean, this is your oh, second it's, it's, time through this fucking, this nonsense in the past year and uh, a half? Yeah, 18 months, it's been five knee surgeries. It all essentially started with you guys. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. funny. Huh? And here we are. And we're still friends. <laughs> that was a straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> That, that 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 knee was in bad shape when it showed up. Well, I think the problem is is uh, we did all that like kind of like uh, what we call like potentiation. We did a lot of yeah. activation. We got a lot of things firing. We did manual resistance. We had EMS. I mean, we were literally just trying to like wring out all of the fucking available horsepower and torque that you might have in that broken old motor. And then all of a sudden, no. And then all and then all of a sudden, dude, when you went down and you came up so fucking fast that I was like. Wow, and you were like, I think it's Tormace. You know? I'm like, <laughs> my legs broken, boss. We're like, bullshit. I was like, I was like, there's no fucking way you could tear an ACL without like yeah, moving your foot. On that one, yeah. And uh, he was, well, it was crazy. It was almost as if you like, like took your feet, like torqued your knees out, and like corkscrewed yourself. And I was like, oh my god, dude, this yeah. is fucking intense. And uh, I felt awful for you know, yeah. two or three minutes, <laughs> a couple metaseconds. So what's, I mean, what's the what's the theory there? Is you know, John, you talked about the, some the high level performers find ways to work around any sort of fucking chink in the armor, right? You find yeah. new ways. And what we, potentially, what we potentially did is is undo a fucking, like, mute. He, we unmuted shit that allowed him to keep fucking lifting, right? Yeah, uh, Dr. Bueller made a point to me once. He said the best athletes in the world really aren't the best athletes for the fact that they're better than other people. It's just that, that they can recruit and find a way to do things uh, around injury better than others. So like a guy who's a high, you know, you have two high level performers, one guy gets hurt and he can't play, the other guy just finds a new way to do things and this is recruiting. Um, and then you run into a point like I had in my last year where all of a sudden uh, I had one injury too much and I went from being able to, to start 16 games to all of a sudden I couldn't fucking play. Mm -hmm. uh, or I mean, I, I couldn't recover after I hurt my knee. And um, that was kind of the deal. And then when I went to Bueller, he's like, you know, you get to the point where so many things are broken, so many things are shut off that you just can't perform. And I think for Matt, he had got into a movement pattern that allowed him to do everything without truly stressing and putting a, you know, a lot of uh, stress on his knee. And what we did, I think, by uh, awakening his quad muscle, because what you were doing, and like, well, it was kind of weird. Like you were like super forward in the quad, but then you weren't using any hamstring and any glute. Right. And then all of a sudden we like lit all that shit up with like the manual resistance and the EMS. And then all of a sudden as you like sat back into the squat, I remember you like hit it and you exploded so fast that uh, I was like, holy shit. And uh, that's when the fucking wheels came off. That's when it came off, man. Yeah. And I was like, that was a really explosive squat. I'm sorry that your fucking knee <laughs> <No>. exploded. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, even after that, like, so did a little meniscus repair to, like, limp through that season. And so even post, like, on that trash meniscus and still no ACL, like, still finished up that year taking second at the world champs, you know. And so then went in to do a real surgery and do uh, do the ACL, do the OATS procedure, and uh, a little bit more meniscus cleanup. And the OATS procedure didn't take real well, and so that was really what, what hung up on me. Well, so, it never really does. 
Well, um, two of the three implants did really well. Yeah, I mean, anytime I hear about anybody doing the oats, like, and they always tell you, like, ah, oh, you know, you have like a, you know, uh, there's a chance that it might, and you're like, it's almost like the chance. Like, uh, I always hear more stories of it not working than it is. And so, for those of you guys who don't know, what they effectively do is they. Uh, they actually like smooth out and make a defect and then they kind of uh, make implants to try to get it to take. And, you know, before they used to do microfracture where they would like mm-hmm. drill little holes to try to get blood and that never fucking worked. Yeah, they essentially cut uh, three, uh, a, a 20, a 25 and a 30 millimeter hole into the base of my femur and then plugged it with a cadaver you know, cartilage. And um, the one on the inside of my knee, since I'm bow-legged in, there is no cartilage left there or meniscus didn't heal great. Yeah. And so it just stayed inflamed and aggravated and the bone density behind it never healed up real good. So it just was always pissed. And so then we found out because it was it was aggravated, we went in to do another scope. And uh, while they were scoping to pull out these big chunks of bone that were floating around the knee still, they said, oh, that ACL we did didn't take. And I was like, oh, cool. So another 10 days after that, did another ACL. And then the most recent surgery six weeks ago um, was they did a chondroplasty, uh, so they backfilled where that oats procedure was with um, calcium phosphate, so that hardens and basically takes care of that bone density issue. They did a high tibial osteotomy, and we did some stem cells. And so things feel way better now. I mean, the knee is still not, it's not like it's a new knee. Right, right. But... (laughs) I'm hoping to get another 10 years out of it before we get to put some, some plastic some fucking, Yeah, <laughs> some robotics. Yeah. So when you go through this, I mean, John, I know when you had your knee surger- surgeries, you're in the NFL. Um, well, you're an accomplished athlete. Are you, you have access to, like, the NFL guys, or do you have to shop around locally? What the fuck is that you, like? You having do shop to- around locally, right? And, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, you. luckily for me, I'm not Joe Blow. Mm-hmm. Right, and by that I mean I do have access to guys like John. I've yeah, that can point you in the right direction. You know, right, people are right that that you know whether it's going to be some people like at the Andrews Clinic in, mm-hmm. in Birmingham where everyone goes for knee stuff. Uh, so I went and got a second opinion before doing the high tibia osteo- osteotomy from them, and he was like, "Look, you know, we we know your surgeon in New Orleans. We think he's really capable, and this isn't this is what we would be doing with your knee." Okay, and so all right, you know that's that's it. We're going for it, and uh, it sucks, but I mean, luckily, right. Like my knee's not paying my bills. Right. I, I I compete in a hobby. Right. It's it's not a big deal. I also have a job that doesn't seem to mind if I lay on the couch for six weeks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, so best case scenario, it's it's not that big of a deal. It's not like I'm stuck and can't pay our bills because I'm supposed to be roofing houses for the next three weeks. Sure, sure. So Oh, that's legit. So, I, John, you're working with a guy, right? Are you still working with... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Cusser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he uh, he's actually doing pretty good. He actually, um, just to give you a heads up, he sent me an email here yesterday that uh, he went in for... Uh, just saw his doc, you know, good progress. I mean, he he connected because um, he had reached out uh, to, to go see Dr. Stedman, and uh, Steady had retired, and so he had found a guy who had one been one of uh, Stedman's uh, apprentices, and it's kind of interesting, like in the NFL, when it comes to knees, there's really two, there were two schools. There was kind of like Stedman Hawkins with Steady, and then there was Dr. Andrews on the other side. Um, actually, I, when I was down at uh, speaking for Kent Ford last week, I sat next to Dr. Ans, who uh, was one of Steady's fellows, and now he works for Dr. Andrews, and is pretty much like the foremost expert right now on stem cells. So we, um, right you know, and he's got a bum hip, so we started talking about how to use uh, 
some BFR, some blood flow restricted training, and EMS, and some power dot, and that. And so we're kind of connected on that. And I'm like, I'll help you if you can figure out what you can fucking throw in my shoulder to make it better. And so uh, maybe we can trade a little bit. But um, uh, like I said, in the NFL, there's just, you know these kind of two camps. And uh, he ended up going to a guy who, you know, he had a pretty, pretty bad knee injury and uh, had, you know, a number of surgeries and has been kind of coming back. And I think, like, what happens is when you, um, when, like, depending on the age, the amount of abuse that you've taken, like a guy like Matt who's, you know, obviously thrown caution to the wind and, you know, he has, like, uh, you have to have a real expectation, especially with surgery, especially as you get a little older. Like, you know, when I was 23 or even, you know, 20 years old and I tore an ACL, like, there was no doubt in my mind I would fucking be fine. Now, yeah, like, my first yeah. ACL tear was like, 21 in college, right? And, I threw a be, personal record 91 days afterwards. Yeah. And, yeah, and you'll be fine. And then all of a sudden you're, like, later, like, I'm in, you know, all of a sudden have my last knee surgery in my 30s, and I remember being like, okay, what's the best-case scenario? <laughs> right. And, like, all of a sudden, like, you have to be realistic. So I think if you're, you know, a little, you know, have a little more mileage, let's say, you have to be realistic, and you have to find a doctor who's willing to be creative. Like, what Matt went through and what he's talking about is some pretty high-level shit and like a guy who's kind of an outside-the-box thinker because the way most people look at it, they'd be like, your knee's fucked, let me just replace it. Yeah. And, and it'll be way easier. It'll be one surgery, you'll be in and out, you'll be like six weeks in a rehab and you'll be fine and we'll be, we'll be fine. And you're, you know, um, it'll last for 20 or 30 years, I can probably do another one, it'll get you to 60 or 70 and right. then we'll manage it. No, you're like, fuck that shit. I'm going to start with, I'm going I'm to keep my own parts as long as possible. So finding a doctor who's creative enough, who's willing to go in and try yeah. some things, because a lot of this stuff's not written in, uh, in stone, like, hey, you know, this guy tried this, this guy tried this, and they call people and they kind of work, or you go find a specialist. And um, I think there's, uh, there's doctors that are good like that, like a guy like Steady. Uh, you know, for me, he was, uh, he was my white knight. Like, I knew that that guy was going to be able to come in and do everything that I needed and, and get me back, um, you know, and I think you just have to be, find somebody you feel comfortable with and you believe in. Uh, I, you know, when I got hurt and uh, out of the NFL, uh, Kelly talked me into going and seeing Dr. Stone. And uh, Stone, I, I should have gone and seen Stedman. I think he was too aggressive on my knee, and I got way too much bleeding, which led to too much scar tissue. Then I had, then I called Steady and said, he said, hey, come, come up. And he's like, I think Kevin was just too aggressive. And then Steady went out and cleaned it out, and I've been fine ever since. And, um, you know, that was just, uh, you know, me maybe not working with the best information. And I think, um, you know, you, you got to sometimes just go with the right guy. And there's some luck of the draw to it. I mean, I mean, you, it, it's easy to think that surgeons or any of these other people, you know, that it that it's real simple that they just go in and it's the same procedure, like we've done this a hundred times. And I think it's easy to think of surgery like, well, it's an ACL procedure, but it, it, it's not. I mean, it's your knee, it's your what you've done to it and how well your body's gonna take. And there's so many different factors that it's easy to be like, well, that guy was a quack or you know, this sure. and that. And I mean, I mean, look, there's good and bad surgeons, you know, as well. I mean, there's some guy who made D's. You know? <laughs> well, but I mean, uh, yeah, and, and that, that always makes me laugh because everybody you meet is always the expert. And I'm like, Where, where's the schlub? But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like, I think, um, like, when I look at, uh, when I stand back and I kind of think about, like, uh, why surgery is successful and why it's not, I think you can mitigate as many factors as you want if you have the right information. Like, I think you can create a much more favorable environment going into surgery mm -hmm. uh, and post-surgery by just doing some really easy supplementation. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I was gonna ask about like doctor, like the shit that Dr. Tom does yeah. for us. So, right? so Dr. Tom and I, years ago, Tom put together a protocol which was like a pre-surgery protocol. There's also another thing too, which uh, most people don't realize, is that the better uh, physiological shape that you're in, 
like a, you know, aerobic base, you know, strength, whatever. Like if you're training to the point where you have a pretty high, de you know, let's use the word fitness, uh, you know, but just like you're in fairly good shape, you're, uh, you recover at a faster rate because what people also forget that one of the most uh, physically damaging and the hardest things about surgery is the anesthetic. Mm -hmm. uh, so the anesthetic is what fucks me up. Like I, uh, I woke, like I always feel sick from the anesthetic and I do for almost like forever. I can almost feel it. And so I think that the more anesthetic, because especially I think too for big dudes like me, when they lay yeah, down, they need to pump more. Right? Well, they I think the fucking anesthesiologist is like fucking okay, let's give him the fucking horse dose. And I <laughs> and, and I always say to the anesthesiologist like I like he's the one dude I want to talk to. I'm like here's the deal, man. Like I don't take any drugs. Like I don't like I'm not big on painkillers. Like I don't do this. So like you like I and I always tell him like I have one beer and I'm fucking buzzed. Mm -hmm. So like you don't have to fucking load up the fucking big syringe to try to yeah. knock me the fuck out. Right. You're a little guy, yeah. little big guy, lightweight. Right. So, so I, and, and I'm, I'm cool with that. I don't need to be able to, like, if I can sit at the bar and drink 12 beers, I'm fucking, I'm, there's no way. So as soon as I tell the guy, the guy goes, oh, okay, and they'll, like, cut the dose back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yep. yo, man, because they see, like, you're a big dude. I'm going to have to fucking, well, the last thing we want is you to wake up mid-surgery. Mm -hmm. So they fucking load it up, and I think that uh, anesthetic also, too, when you wake up, being able to have some, like, some, some strategy together, and then also, as soon as you can, being able to do something, like, uh, physical, like get on an assault bike if it's for your knee, and just be able to start sweating, and what you can effectively do is get blood to pump out, and you get that anesthesia, um, um, the anesthetic, the, uh, the anesthetic out and of I mean, as soon as possible. And even pedaling for me, like, without the affected leg, right? Like, I mean, the assault bike has been a godsend. That was, that was a recommendation from Kelly that is probably the best thing I purchased. And, you know, even just leaving that leg locked out on the peg and pedaling yeah. the others to do a few sprints, to do something to get blood flow, sweat, yep. be back in a little bit of my normal routine, or even mm -hmm. go spend 30 minutes on just, just moving, yep. I think makes a huge difference. So are you lighter now than you were after your last surgery? Because yep. I know you've been, do you, do you think there's a difference well, there? You couldn't tell by the skinny caprice? Well, yeah, I mean, I was just looking at well, the package. The I wasn't even looking at <laughs> well, his legs. I, I was, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I kind of laugh. I'm like, you know, uh, uh, I thought hipsters. Well, uh, don't let me out, California, the two of you. Oh, you totally are. <laughs> We're fucking Texas to the bone, dude. No, I'm a, I'm a Midwest guy just living the, yeah. the Southwest dream, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm a, well, no, I'll never be a Texan, but, uh, <laughs> no. you know. Yeah, as my neighbor tells me all the time, you might live in Texas, but you'll never be a Texan. You don't have a 12-foot flag flying in your yard. Uh, yeah, not yet. yet. There's a... There's a lot of pride here. Oh, I mean, uh, you know, what like. What do you think the percentage of giant flags made get shipped here? <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing. Like, the one thing I appreciate about Texas is uh, they kind of have a culture of don't do anything small. No, that's. Uh, like, everything's fucking big. Like, like, it's just, it's like whatever you think is the normal, double that and then add one and a half times, and that's a Texas size deal. Like, like if you go to a restaurant and you see, like, something, like, uh, like you, you look at all the, uh, the different menu items, and one of them has the word Texas in it, oh, you're going to assume it's going to be bigger than everything else. Right, that'll teach you. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'll have like the Texas ribeye yeah. or the, the Texas sweet potato, and then it comes out, and you're like, God, what's this a it new... It was just six sweet potatoes <laughs> attached to each other. Yeah, they, just, <laughs> they just mashed them up into big one to make it Texas style. Like, you know, like you go to get a bar, and they're like, oh, that's the Texas serving, and you're like, okay, give me the five-gallon bucket. Yeah, diet-wise, body weight-wise, I'm sitting, I'm sitting, you know, over 240, uh, and it's been good. Um, I need something. I need a carrot. Right and, and through rehab, since strength is out the window, I can't I can't even really bench because I can't pick weight up to load it on the bar. Oh, that's so sad. 
I mean, I've benched enough in my life. It's cool. I don't even like, honey, honey, get in here. I need get you in here. Load these blades. <laughs> Put these 25s on here. So you can only pound out so much with like 70 pound dumbbells. It's just, yeah. ugh. So, you know, training changed a little bit. And then it was the real realization that I've had through all this is how much of a difference that diet is the actual key. Like, if you want to make physical changes to your body and change physical No, bodies, no, it's all no, diet. that's crazy. <laughs> you know how easy it is to, like, blow 3,000 calories on a meal? Like, I could, fuck, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm no. an animal. Dude, uh-huh. most people have, like, and, and uh, so what we've done, like, from having done, um, and I hate this, I hate doing meal fucking logs for people, uh, but, like, looking at, like, the way people have done their diets, what people do is they chronically undereat. And then they fucking feast. Yeah, like, early, like, early hey, day. Uh, yeah, early I've only AM. had like four or five, but then you know I'm gonna, have dinner, you know, and then all of a sudden they consume like ten thousand calories. I'm like, I, I ate almost nothing for breakfast and lunch, and I kind of had a big dinner, but it wasn't that big. And then you're or like, even people that are that are strict for five days of the week and then lose their mind on the weekends, you can absolutely fuck up an entire week of work. Because I mean, if you're in a five hundred calorie deficit five days and then, of the week, yeah, and then you eat fucking ten thousand calories, <laughs> right? So you only went over twenty five hundred calories on the weekend. That's nothing. Yeah. yeah, of course you didn't lose any weight, stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's that's a giant portion of your week. Yeah. No, but, uh, I mean, but you got to have cheat meals because, oh. you know, because, uh, uh, you know, all the people, like, you know, deadlifts and donuts and well, all these that people. Well, that was my response to people, right? It was like, well, what are you doing about cheat meals? Are you still drinking? And I'm like, no, I've really kind of stopped drinking. And, and cheat meals, I was like, I had 30 fucking three years of cheat meals. Mm-hmm. It's time to pump the brakes a little bit and try to be strict with this and not eat like such an asshole. And yeah, it uh-huh. worked weird. Yeah, yeah no, shocker. It's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we. Um, yeah. What, what, what? What magic diet did you do to lose weight? What? What foods was it? I was like, I lived oh. in a caloric deficit for fucking eight months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's awful. <laughs> it, it's not the worst. No, but I mean, I'll I'll tell you this. Like, um, uh, I'm okay to undereat, but like, after a while, like, you just are like, I'm just kind of tired of being hungry. Right. Well, I did find it. It worked really well for me doing uh, the, the ketogenic approach. Uh, I found that I was far less hungry the more fat I consumed. And the only way I've ever wow. been able to... Imagine that. Do you know weird, why? I would assume because it... Slows like, absorption out of the stomach. I right. mean, yeah, you stay satiated longer. It's like eating, you know, like protein keeps you satiated. Fat keeps you feel, feel longer. And um, at the end of the day, it's like... Doesn't it also help uh, just with leptin signaling and... Which it, that's the hormone to tell you, hey, fuckhead, you're unless you're FTO, yeah. you're full or you're not hungry anymore. Right. Well, but and uh, that like insulin sensitivity and stuff. So you're not, you don't get the, you don't theoretically shouldn't get the cravings. Yeah. Well, the the interesting thing, and I know this, uh, a lot of the stuff that we know about diet is based off of things for lean people. So like I, I always <laughs> yes. think like uh, like like I always go back to when uh, um, when I was rapping with John Meadows. And he was like, okay, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, here's the diets layout. Like, one meal, I want you to, like, literally just fucking go ham and eat all the stuff because it's really good for leptin levels. And I remember rapping with him. I'm like, oh, I get it, dude. But I'm like, um, is that based purely off body percentage? He's like, of course. He's like, I don't do this. Yeah, if with you're somebody. 20%. Yeah, he's like, if you're 20% trying to lean out, and he goes, this becomes more apparent and more of, a, uh, more of an issue the leaner you get. If you're somebody who's, like, Five, six, seven percent body fat, pretty consistent. You can have a cheat meal every couple of days, and actually, you'll be leaner. It'll help you everything. Yeah, it's like, gas on the fire. But yeah. by cheat meal, you just mean more calories, right? You're not saying like go fucking go buttload a pizza. Well, but I mean, it, it's and wash of, it down with a milkshake. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but uh, the idea is that you know, like uh, he never was like, hey, you know, eat this or this. He was always like, hey, just double, just double your calories. So, right. like, hey, like if each meal is, uh, you know, seven hundred and fifty to a thousand calories, I want you to try to eat two thousand calories. Right. 
Like there was no one there where he was like, hey, I want you to eat 20,000 calories. Mm -hmm. Like so, uh, you know, and the problem is, is like um, I'm not a huge fan of weighing and measuring your food, but I think everybody should just so they have a fucking concept of like what four ounces of meat looks like that, or that this. That made a big difference for yeah. me. Like weighing and measuring food, even doing it for, pro I probably did it for the first like 12 weeks. Okay. And that made a huge difference of like, oh, eight ounces of steak. It's pretty fucking small. It's, yeah, well, yeah, it's pretty fucking small, but if I have eight ounces of steak and like two avocados, I'm sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm full, I'm not hungry. Are they medium-sized avocados? Or are they no, big? never, I go giant. So, I mean, but, but that, that all of a sudden you take a look and you're like, uh, so, you know, realistically, like, let's say you're a 240, 270 pound guy and you're going to eat four meals a day. I mean, that's roughly going to be like in a ketogenic state, like the leaner you are and the better shape you are. Like in, um, I talked to Ken Ford about this, actually, the leaner you are and the better, uh, you know, anaerobic and aerobic base you have, the more protein you can, you can process to stay in, in ketosis. So, like, for people that are obese and out of shape, like, it might be 0.5 grams per pound of body weight. Right. Uh, for, you know, for, for somebody who's, you know, pretty strong, carries a lot, of lean muscle, uh, a lot of lean muscle mass, also is pretty lean, like, they can eat up to a gram per pound of body weight. So, let's say you're 240, you know, uh, pounds, you're eating 240 grams of protein, you're cutting that out. I mean, that's really, like, you know, you figure, what, like, seven, you know, seven grams per ounce so eight ounces, you're going to be like 56, and you can kind of back in, and you're like, all right, well, if it's like roughly 56, and I'm going to need to be able to eat like, you know, four and a half meals of eight yeah. ounces, and you can kind of like back into this methodology this way, and, um, you know, and then you look at it, and you're like, if you actually figure it out, and you make, you know, if you ever do ground beef, it's pretty easy, or you go to a store, or you, if you even go like, hey, I want to get an eight ounce filet, it comes, and you're like, oh, I thought that would be so much bigger. So disappointing. Yeah, like, I, and like, and I, I remember uh, we were somewhere, and my wife was like, um, she's like, how much do you want to eat? I'm like, I want to eat eight ounces. She's like, well, why don't we get the 16 ounce, and we'll split it. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a great idea. So then we go split it, and I fucking horse mine, and she's like, like kind of eating it slow, so I start like eating hers, yeah. and I can see her looking at me and be like, I thought you said you are going to eat eight ounces, motherfucker. Like, like we're hurt. I'm starving. Yeah. <laughs> These fries are great. Yeah. <laughs> so we just crush them. You know, I, I, I try to look at things like the, the simplest I can look at them, right? And for me, when I started dropping weight, I was probably 285, somewhere like that when it was. But how know, tall are you? Six foot. Okay, so six foot 285 is, is a little on the Thick. I like a stout. thickness. I like stout. Yeah, like a beer, but I, I, was, I was what I like to call fat. <laughs> so, you know, let's not pony punches here. I was, yeah, I yeah, was, was a chubby fucker. Yeah, I was chubby. Yeah. And uh, so what I did was I did, a, I did a gram of fat per pound of body weight and then did, I set my protein originally at. You were pretty low as I remembered. I remember yeah, when you. Yeah, yeah, like when I, you I set it at where I wanted to be. Yeah, I remember you were like, hey, I'm going to eat like, I remember it was like 0.6 or even like 0.7. Yeah. And I remember being like, fuck, man. But but here's the deal. Like, um, if you jump on like, um, uh, what is that, Keto Gains, they have a little calculator. Yeah. Like, you can put it in. And what they're doing is they're they're designing it for somebody like, you know, middle of the bell curve. Right. The, the only way that you really know this stuff is actually being able to do some, um, uh, you know, blood testing and, and look mm -hmm. for like, you know, ketones in the blood. And um you know, and and like uh, my personal favorite now, which it seems to be like the new fucking Mona V is all these uh, ketone esters, ketone salts that everybody's hawking. That's, I think that's well, absolute fucking garbage. Well, what's, they have a place in that 
you need your body to stay in, or let's say you need your body to produce ketones. So I need to like go through the process of producing ketones and staying because in Because we don't have glucose. Yeah. Because right. So if you eat the same fucking westernized asshole diet, and then you think, hey, I'm just going to, you know. I can chase these ketones. Then we're back in ketosis burning fat. Which, like which is funny, because that's what Brandon Lilly was uh, on his deal. Like uh, Brandon had this IG thing, and he's like, just eat your normal diet, then just do with this, and you'll stay in ketosis. And it's not like it's, all that it, thing does is allows you to test well on the ketone chart. Well, no. What it does is, is something, if, if you get kicked out of ketosis, yeah. then you can use it as like a pre-workout fuel. You can do it. But if you get kicked out of ketosis, you can take it and like in 30 minutes be back in ketosis. See, but for me, right, like so I did that and, and I saw it that, you know, it, it did register me back in ketosis. But even if I was still following a strict diet after I did it, I would still fall back out of ketosis, you know, th- but the drink would put me in for a couple hours. Yeah. But but the so so the idea becomes that it just is used as a buffer to help you get back. So like for example, uh, if you eat too much protein and you have glu- you know gluconeogenesis and it kicks you out of ketosis, which can happen. So that's why like you almost have to like okay hey I know that I can you know you know with X amount of fat and protein you can kind of play with it as long as you can look at it and say hey I'm uh, you know this mills or this and you can kind of go through it. But that's just personally dialing it in. And the problem right. becomes is most people aren't going to, like, actually go get the testing deal and prick their finger and, you know, start looking at it. And, um, you know, the other thing, too, is uh, you can stay in or you can, uh, what is it, uh, starvation ketosis. So what people, like, usually if you... Intermittent uh, fasting, stuff like but, that. But, like, it, like, like 72 hours. Right. If, if you fast for 72 hours, you will be in a ketogenic state. And then, like, I always recommend when people are like, hey, I want to do a ketogenic diet, what do you do? You basically... Uh, you know, can do some fasting to get in there quicker. Um, but, I mean, in terms of, like, body composition, and, and this goes back, I mean, what, what blows my mind is uh, I was talking with this, you know, Mara de Pasquale in fucking 99, and, uh, you know, Mara was like, you know, uh, ketogenic diets work. The problem is is that, uh, you know, all of a sudden insulin gets too low, you're going to have to do some stuff, and that's where he came up with the, kind of the, the carb refeeds as a way to, to, you know, help people with body composition. And what's interesting is it doesn't work for everybody. So, so then you have to kind of play with it and figure out like how much I need to do. I mean, Hey, I might have to go three weeks before I do one. And I found that the more muscle I carried, the leaner I was, the more carb refeeds I could do. And, but when my body fat was high, we had no carb refeeds. So like, it's kind of like this interesting thing that like the leaner you are, the better shape you are, the easier things are. And that does like that's counterproductive. Like, and that goes, but that goes with surgery. That goes with recovery. That goes with everything. And the way I looked at it was, I mean, my goal was losing weight. And with losing weight, I'm going to lose fat. I'm going to lose some strength, and that's fine. I wasn't competing anymore, so who gives a shit? I have no problem putting on strength and size if that's what I decide I want to do. It may not be the prettiest strength and size, but it'll be there. It's all go. And so the ketogenic style diet, a high-fat diet or low-carb diet, however you want to call it, that was the easiest thing for me to maintain consistently and stay in a deficit. Mm-hmm. And that weird, it worked. Mm-hmm. So, did you do any um, any carb cycling? Um, not really. Like not I, like planned, I ran, but I ran every once in a while. Hard for. Uh, I, I ran pretty hard for probably four months without really making any mistakes, mm-hmm. and. And even then, I mean, I bet I didn't see any real results for the first three or four weeks. Wait a minute. Well, then you must have had to stop it and try new things. So what you're telling me is that you didn't make any progress for a couple of weeks and you didn't abandon it? Weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I buy Does that. Does Ken Ford uh, carb cycle? 
What I like to do is uh, follow Ken, a diet for 72 hours and then figure out the uh, Ken, Ken Ford is probably the longest, uh, the, the probably the longest continuous uh, mm-hmm. person I've ever met that's in ketosis. Uh, he 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 was uh, had seizures when he was younger, and they put him on like I forgot it was like. Th- but see, Prozac or like Thorazine or something for the seizures. Well, before and, and before he, we jump into to him, because I think this is going to spin off into your fucking week last week, yeah. right? Uh, so I was just talking to Tyler about this because he's got, you know, he's working with 20, 30 people through our nutrition coaching sure. deal. And everybody wants to come in and they give, it's it's one or two weeks we that Tyler baselines them. And like after two weeks, like, ah, you know, I don't think it's working. Can we go keto? And, um, you know... I, well, I, the, I I actually told him like, hey, start to start to write up some like, hey, is keto right for me based off of lifestyle and shit? And uh, you know, th- th- what we've talked about though, John, yeah. is is using the keto approach as almost a tool. Where it, unless you're a guy like Ken Ford, yeah. where there is some sort of well, well, he, issue where it becomes used, a lifestyle, right. like the way you live, and then you work your whole life yeah. life around that that approach because that's how you fucking are able to survive. I just well, found that style well, of diet the far most livable well, for me because sure, sure. I well, travel but, and eat out and do all that and I can I can very easily avoid carbs. They don't look hide at, very but, well. But also look but at your training here's as well. The thing. Yeah. Um, I, it's I, conducive to that type of lower right. carb. Yeah, it was so. fine. Uh, I, you know, Ken had a deal where, um, you know, he had some seizures when he was younger and the way that he, uh, you know, want, he wanted to wrestle, I guess he came from a big wrestling family. I guess his grandfather, you know, he didn't get into the history was a pretty high level, like Olympic, you know, national champ type of wrestler. And he wanted to wrestle too. So he ends up, uh, you know, starving himself into a weight class and all of a sudden his seizures stopped and the doctor figured it out that, you know, he was in kind of a, um, starvation ketosis. And then, you know, the doctor was smart enough to realize, like, hey, this is what he's doing and helped him kind of manage it. And he's, he had, you know, since 1969. Now, I mean, he has multiple robotics, uh, PhDs and, and, you know, head of a NASA, you know, advisory board. So I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, maybe that was the road from being in the ketogenic state till he's, since he's 13, who knows. But um, what's interesting, and I talked about this at my talk, is that there's, there's a ton of research and it's just... Um, I haven't seen anything like, you know, and, and, and as I'm saying is people are going to send me an email like, hey, can you send me that research? And I'll be like, no, it's more fucking observational. But what I've noticed is that as people age, their ability to process carbohydrates decreases. Mm-hmm. So like something like a, a, a higher carb, you know, lower fat, you know, moderate protein diet um, that I ate when I was younger worked really well. To, and, I, and at certain points in my life, I remember I ate that way, like kind of more, you know, what I would look at more as a standard bodybuilding diet. And uh, I got fucking super lean. But if I were to try to eat that same way today, I don't think I would have the same results. So the, my, my theory is that, um, and this is the, and I know this is fucking terrible causation cause, uh, you know, deal, but observation. Um, but do you guys remember when you were fairly young, like let's say 17, 18 years old, uh, just Luke. fucking peaking all over, right? like, dude, seriously, How peaked many, at eighteen. Uh, okay, so so you could probably sit down and smash some drinks. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. yeah. And then you would wake up. Well, the actually, next day. I'll be honest with you, I didn't drink until you get to college. Yeah, like eighteen or nineteen. Okay, okay like, huge right. pussy. I understand. Right. Middle school, right? Fucking <laughs> Right. So so okay. So you go out and you smash these drinks, and you oh, wake yeah. up the next morning, uh-huh. and you feel fine. Oh, yeah, good smash to go. more drinks. I can't even get a hangover. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm almost invincible. <laughs> right. Yeah. So now so now you're older. Oh. You drink the same drinks, and uh-huh. all of a sudden that hangover like gets you. For three days. So so based off of that, like, why is it that as we age, you know, does the hangover happen? And I kind of posed the idea once to somebody. I was like, is it the fact that maybe we don't process mm. alcohol and carbohydrates? 
carbohydrates in maybe the same way, like uh, sugar alcohol mm-hmm. is the same way that we did when we were younger. I think it's chemtrails. So, so that was kind of my thought. That's was, dismissed? Okay. Was, 100%. was as for, for, for young, hard-charging athletes, no, yeah. I don't think that a ketogenic uh, approach uh, in terms of like a lifestyle, now you can use it for a tool within certain things works, but I think as you age, you naturally progress into a lower-carb, higher-fat, higher-protein diet. So what you're saying is as your hangovers get more and more severe, you're less likely to operate better off of carbs. Yeah. I like it. I wonder how now, much that is, though, just based on our diets is, and how much is, damage we do well, just from this shitty process. This is just purely observation. No, I like that, though. I'm, I'm hey, telling like, you this. like, as a questionnaire, how bad are your hangovers? Pretty bad? Okay, we're going to lower the carbs. Right. Well, yeah, but, but think about it. Fuck okay, it. Why so, not? So when I was in college, uh, and even in early my NFL career, we, we would go out and literally drink every drink at the bar. Yeah. Like, and I would get up the next morning, and I'd be like... No problem. I'd be like, I'd, I'd have a tight roll. I, yeah, I'd like uh, crack a fucking Gatorade, have a little bit of water, and uh, fucking be like, not even eat anything, and be yeah. like, I'm good to go. Almost and, better and, off because yeah. I'm a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, well, like, I'm a little hungry, so I'm a little more aggressive. And then, um, and now, uh, if you were to give me those same drinks, I, I would be fucking smashed for, for, for a day or two. Yeah. Like, I'd feel awful. Be real trouble. So, but I mean, the same thing happens to me. Like, if I were to sit down and eat a ton of carbs, I start to get some, like, a uh, little bit of carb hangover. And it, mm-hmm. it, I don't know if it's the fact that, uh, you know, however it works, but I just think that people go to the ketogenic approach. And we also know that like enzymes or, uh, uh, you know, glut, uh, gut flora and biota change, you know, when you start removing foods. Um, I just think that people uh, don't give things enough of a chance. I mean, I also think too, like while, while the ketogenic thing is a very it's a hot topic right now and it's talked about a lot and it seems to be the, the big... Well, everybody's an expert now. Correct, right? Which, which is amazing seeing as... Uh, uh, we were talking about this shit like in 99 with Morrow and all this. And I've, and even when I retired from the NFL, yeah. like when we first started, we were talking about it and people were like, no. And now all of a sudden every fucking asshole is like, keto starter guide. So right. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to drop, Morrow was on episode 78. So if people want to go back and listen to that and talk. Uh, that was an incredible podcast. Yeah. So Morrow Pasquale, episode 78 of Power Athlete Radio, the premier podcast on strength and conditioning. Ing, yeah. ing. Ing, ing. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's like you have to kind of figure out what works for you. So it's like, uh, you know, hey, we're going to make these tweaks. And, um, you know, uh, we had Ben Bergeron. Uh, Bergeron? Bergeron. 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 So we had him on. And uh, the one thing I was really interested about is I asked him, you know, about, um, you know, because they get blood work done on some of, uh, you know, the high-level CrossFit, you know, people that he trains. And I asked him, I'm like, what does the blood work look like? And he actually said that their blood work looks fantastic to the point of being superhuman. And uh, I find that extremely interesting with the amount of oxidative stress and the amount of work and training they're doing. You know, like uh, I would think that their, you know, their blood work wouldn't be perfect just for the amount of stress that they're putting in their bodies. But he said uh, their blood work almost is that of like a superhuman. Now, I don't know if that was bullshit or not because I didn't see the blood it work. Sounds mm-hmm. like awesome marketing. I but uh, yeah, the sound like, of that. Hey, 12. Uh, but you know what? But then the other thing goes back, uh, you know, is I heard Eric sport. Lillybridge's blood is the same as a superhuman. <laughs> Uh, I heard his blood is green. Yeah, uh, he's purple. You, what happens but, uh, if you the drink? Same thing with that stuff that goes into Bane's back. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, um, uh, he has probably one of the best pages for uh, for for gym lifts. But but for some reason, uh, and I don't know the guy anything. I mean, the dude is strong as a fucking ox. That's no doubt. But uh, whenever like these big like big dog ninety nine raw dog squat, you know, like these these powerlifting meets, it always have like raw dog squat dog, you know, any dog in yeah. them big dogs. 
uh, whenever these things come up, he kind of tends to kind of bomb out, which is fucking crazy because based off of the lifts in the gym, should you be would able think, to hit an eighty percent opener. Yeah, you would think that the guy would. I mean, dude, he's like the guy fucking deadlifts almost a grand. He squats fucking like uh, a grand. eleven, twelve hundred pounds. Right. And he fucking benches like in the high fives, low sixes. Walk out and catch a nine fifty squat opener and uh, yeah, like and 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 the the thing about it is like when I was watching a bunch of this stuff because I'm always kind of excited to see what the guy can do and it's like fuck he bombed out. I'm like how the fuck you bomb out with these you know so but and then my other favorite part about his page is uh, guys will call him out and he fucking like I will fucking murder you <laughs> and he goes crazy and like calls these fucking dudes out. He'll be like here's my phone number, my address, come here, I'll fucking kill you. I'm like. Dude, settle the fuck down. These are internet fucking... This is a 13-year-old kid in his basement who's trying to goat you on. <laughs> yeah, it's not the way I like to handle my day. No, dude. <laughs> you know, maybe uh, I'm wrong. Uh, but, dude, I, uh, the, I, like, I, I like his page just because I'm like, dude, this is a big, strong, and he's fucking fast. Like, he's yeah, dynamic he's, as shit. He's he a crazy, explosive guy. There's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a beast. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. But, he, uh, yeah, he might be superhuman. Yeah, I would... He's. I think that we've broken some genetic code in him. <laughs> well, what's he like? Twenty six, twenty five. Yeah, twenty six years old, going on eighty. <laughs> he's a beast, dude. I, uh, yeah. Not health and fitness anymore. Well, but I mean, here's the deal. At the end of the day, uh, uh, it's better to burn out than fade away. He, he's the fucking Highlander. Who knows? I mean, dude. Hey, he also competes as often in powerlifting as I do. So. <laughs> oh, he he doesn't compete all that often. Yeah, every once in like once a year. And Man, he, well, but he he's. But good. I mean, good for him, right? Yeah, he, I mean, he's he's yeah. pushing the limit. Yeah, and uh, you know, but I'm sure there are other people. You know, I mean, I fucking sure. saw uh, you know Chris Duffin fucking RDL like 900 pounds for like for reps in like, and he was barefoot with straps, and I think he was wearing a collared shirt. And I remember yeah. thinking, holy fuck, that's Chris, a, is, Chris uh, is crazy strong. Yeah, he like he's yeah he's uh he's superhuman strong. Chris, yeah, yeah, also a, a complete crazy person. Yeah, very very <laughs> interesting to talk to. But there's a reason those guys are outliers. Yeah. you know what I mean? There's like no shit. You mean that guy also doesn't function in normal society the same way like we can talk to people like, yeah they're different they're that's that level of singular focus that level of i'm going to do this like i don't feel pain or any of these other things the way the rest of us do is the same reason he gets to do those things and not be able to understand like why i can't why i should need to wear sleeves inside this shirt this restaurant <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, for like I, I bet you, uh, you know, and and I, I don't know Chris, but uh, I, I would have bet you he's probably got a really great uh, explanation for strength theory and also for quantum mechanics. Chris is like, I'm, crazy I'm, smart. Yeah, I'm sure he could sit down and talk to us, you know, for yeah. for hours upon strength theory and fucking black holes and supernovas, he's and smart uh, boy. you know, I mean, but, talk to you about vehicles too. Oh no, no, he's he, he's got some cool shit. Uh, he put fucking Rockwells underneath a fucking Dodge Dakota, which <laughs> is fucking beyond. I mean, that with a big that, exo cage and all that goes stuff. to show you. Yeah. How crazy he is, you yeah. know? Four and steering in a Dodge Dakota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like this guy. No, it was uh, it wasn't a, a, a Durango. Oh yeah, it was a Durango. Yeah. Which, which I think he put like a Perkins 2.7 liter diesel motor in, which is out of a fucking case, like a, a, a case backhoe. <laughs> and like as I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, this is fucking diabolical. Like yeah, it's even, gnarly. Like even DJ, uh, one of the kids that worked for me, is like, this guy must be a crazy person, yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's a serial killer. I'm like, yeah. So, but, um, well, yeah, th man. that's the kind of the, the ongoing joke we've had about Chris is like, uh, 
kind of like he's a robot. Like anytime you've had an interaction with him, it's like whenever he laughs, it's like, was well, he realizes the other people around him are laughing and he's supposed to. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, ha, 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 yeah, and smiles. <laughs> oh, like we're done laughing. When now. he was really okay. young, like somebody was like, look, when everyone's smiling, just smile. <laughs> just <laughs> copy. He's like, but the voices don't tell me to smile. Just fuck the voices. <laughs> he has to go back inside and like plug into a USB and charge up for a little while and then come back Dude, out. Dude, he, uh, no, the, uh, you know, and I think that's what's kind of neat, uh, you know, for all the fucking reasons I dislike social media, uh, you know, like those are the th reasons why I kind of like it, where I get to peek into, oh, you of know, course, right? You know, you see this stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, from shit. a distance without having to comment or give you my opinion on it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? But but here's the thing, like, um, I don't think every situation is uh, needs a comment, and I don't think every situation needs me to comment on it, which is really interesting in terms of uh, well, I, a Instagram. question wasn't posed. <laughs> well, but uh, but but here's the thing, like, I I always laugh whenever I see people post stuff, and there's no question. It's just like here doing it, and people like hit them with questions or this or this, and they add for commentary and be like, hey, motherfucker, I wasn't looking for a commentary. Like, I think the only question I asked him was, uh, like, he posted something, and I'm like, what diesel motor is that? And he was like, oh, 2.7 liter uh, uh, Perkins diesel. And I was like, isn't that in the case fucking motor? And the guy fucking put it into his truck. I was more interested in just obscure shit like that, more so than like, you know, why do you fucking wear straps, you pussy? <laughs> right. And the guy's like, my elbows don't lock out, they're yeah, broken. <laughs> I'm, I'm deadlifting fucking 900 pounds for fucking like 50 reps. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Like, my body will do it, but my hands will give out. But I'm a pussy because I'm wearing straps. You're right, pal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me know how that 315 pool but you're, you're put, working up to is going. <laughs> that's how it fucking works, though. You put yourself out there, you got to accept the reality that people are going to fucking, you know, ultimately call you a Nazi or whatever the fuck it is. Well, you know it, what I mean? It's, it's like they, they removed all the Confederate flag statues, which is fine. Like, I don't have a fucking any problem with them removing that shit. But what I don't like is them just fucking taking them somewhere and them languishing in fucking some park where they rust and fucking cut them up. If you're going to do it and you want to, like, preserve history, history goes in a fucking museum. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, like, build something and being like, hey, here was a part of our history. These were fucking statues to this. Like, yeah, let's put not it in repeat this. Yeah. Here's and, something and we so, should look at. So I posted this thing, like, don't destroy this shit. Put it in, and of course, some fucking guy, you know, who obviously lives in his mom's basement with some fucking clandestine handle, was, like, basically called me a noob or a knob or whatever it was. You fucking noob, you know, we're not going to forget the Civil War. And I'm like, well, get out of your mom's fucking basement, you dipshit. And, uh, no real, one's asking you to forget it, stupid. Yeah, no, but here's the deal, man. Like, like, and the guy's probably too young to have read fucking Orwell's 1984 or understand any of that shit where it's like, those who fucking forget history are doomed to repeat doomed it. To repeat mm -hmm. it. And, um, there, you know, and then it's like, uh, I got into it with my wife the other day about this shit. And she's like, well, in Germany, they take that shit down. You know, they, they don't have any of that stuff. I'm like, they still, I, I visited Auschwitz. They fucking still, uh, Auschwitz still stands. It's there. It's a museum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the it's Nazi parade grounds. We were yeah. there. We were looking at yeah. fucking Hitler's enormous Colosseum out in yeah. Nuremberg, right. uh, Dude, the, uh, where the Nuremberg trials were held. Yeah. And it's like uh, all the shit. Dude, there's a reason that they yeah. didn't tear, like, of anything in the world, we should have fucking literally uh, demolished Auschwitz and planted, like, a, a fucking rose bushes, like a field of rose bushes with, like, a memorial. Like, but you know what they did? They left it untouched so that future generations can see the fucking travesty mm -hmm. of it. Like you go there and it's fucking hollowed ground. Like yeah. it's silent. Like there are no birds anywhere. And it's just right. like, it's one of those places you walk in and you think like, this is fucking the gates of hell. And you mm -hmm. know what? They kept it because they didn't want people to fucking forget. And so like, uh, you know, um, and, and then at the end of the day, people are like, oh, this. And I'm like, hey, for, first of all, dude, the, uh, you know, whatever you believe about the Confederate flag, it was the fucking flag of the losing team. Um, and you know what? They Like if you want to say anything about it, but. Here's the deal, man. Like, if you have a problem with it, 
like and you don't want it up, that's fine. Just fucking put it in a museum. That way people can can observe it, they can see it, and they can keep you know per, uh, you know preserve it for future generations to yeah, talk acknowledge, about. Acknowledge the, the meaning and fucking move on. And then people ask me, and I'm like, well, um, as my dad told you, we you know, I've lost not only relatives in the, you know that fought for the North in the Civil War, also in uh, you know, fucking against the Nazis and, and that type of stuff. So to see like people marching in the United States with the Nazi flag fucking pisses me off. Oof. I, I, I just for the life of me can't grasp I can't grasp that 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 idea I also man I, I maybe I'm far too libertarian I just I, just leave me the fuck alone man mm-hmm. I think everyone should just be allowed to do their thing as long as it's not impacting other people well the, the other one too is people are like oh I respect their right I'm like no no, um, you no, have no, the no. right to do this, but I have the right to think you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. And for me to, but but at the end of the day, like if you want to like get a permit and you and the other fucking you know dipshits want to get together with a bunch of Nazi shit, then go do it in a fucking park. Don't send any cameras. Right. Don't fucking so, bring any any publicity to them. Just fucking marginalize them and ignore them. The problem is, is that you have three thousand right. fucking you know against them show up and you have cameras and it's this big thing. Next thing you know, you get some asshole hitting people in a car, and I'm like, dude. Just because it's going to be on the news, because it's going to get all this publicity, because we have a 24-hour news cycle to fulfill on 12 yep. channels. And um, and it's it's a bummer because uh, those people shouldn't have a fucking voice. No, it super sucks. And and what my wife and I got into is what I don't like is that uh, the the media blows this thing up and creates a problem that I don't think. I mean, you got 350 million people in this country, and you have 500 of these guys that show up that are you know flaking Nazi flags, and then instantly it's like we have a problem. I'm like. It's 500 people of 350 yeah. million. It's not a. It, it, it could. It could literally go unnoticed. Yeah. But we we but, choose uh, to make. But then it's like it becomes this thing where it's like you know. And I was like, you know what? As a as a white person, um, I'm insulted that uh, I get lumped in with those Martians. Sure. So like that's like the thing that kind of pisses me off. Where I'm like, okay, now all of a sudden. Uh, but you know, like it, it's uh, you know the other thing that kind of pissed me off a little bit was uh, you know Ben Shapiro who um, had you know was former editor for. A, you hear those right. fucking, those wild birds? Those are the birds we were talking about. Holy shit. Yeah, it's fucking like pterodactyls, dude. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, Starts with a P. Uh, pterodactyl. Um, but he, he spoke at Berkeley. And it was this huge problem, and people were losing their minds that this, and it's like, dude, like that should be the fucking ground zero for free speech in the 60s and the whole deal. So then for free speech to be free, you have to have both sides get up and be able to speak. So if I, you know, if I speak for it against it, and, uh, you know, and the, the thing which was amazing is Berkeley had this whole thing about how they uh, had a hotline and they had created safe spaces and counseling. They had crisis counselors on the ground with like mock phone booths for people to feel like they had teddy bears. They had all of these things to, to forget. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why are you people per- perpetuating this stuff? Like, why are you even like, cause I think that naturally people wouldn't think like, Oh, you know what? I need to talk to a crisis counselor. But then all of a sudden you're like, I'm a crisis counselor here to talk to you if there's a problem. And you're like, I guess there might be a problem. So right. I, I think yeah. it's, I think it's artificial. dude. Well, people, people love being offended. And, and because we've gotten to a point that if you're offended, we, that your voice should be heard that that the whole world needs to acknowledge that you're offended and it's not right that we've done you some type of fucking injustice with some type of microaggression that you're you're offended and i guess part of me just feels like we're just so comfortable and so fortunate right now in our lives that we have time to give a shit sure i know that's this is the talk we've had john like I think maybe two or three times a year, every year since I've met you, is like, what if people had to go find their own water? Right. Yeah, well, you're not fucking mad about 
Well, that guy had a weird sticker on his truck. Oh shit! Does he have water? Well, fuck. Yeah. All right, I'll go pretend I mean, that, to be. You know, like. We're, I mean, just let's just look at look at Houston, right? And mm-hmm. and as much as it's awful that we've had, you know, another tragedy, stuff like this with the storm, but look what amazing comes out of this. You know, you hear stories. You know, my brother's house got you know you know almost two feet of water in it, and talked about you know his neighborhood. These are people that are relative strangers in a neighborhood now because that's how we operate. But all came together, all helped clear out each other's houses, all moved and, and worked together to do all this. There wasn't this weird indifference. Everyone got along. Everyone got the job done. There's so much good that you see that well, because we're busy. Well, they're busy and they have a task. So like we always think, like I think the, the, the people that have nothing to do are the ones that sit around the most and, and you know don't figure it out. Like all of a sudden you have something where you're actioned, like here's, here's a struggle, here's a strain that now we have to come together to be, basically to accomplish something. And uh, that's good. I mean, you, you think about like, uh, you know, like I, I always love, like I talked to my old neighbor. I'm like, so what did you guys do for fun like 70 years ago? And he's like, well, we sat around and watched the radio. And I was like, well, I was like, why'd you watch the radio? He's like, well, we had a radio and that's where the music or the, the noise came the, from. The noise came from. So we sat around and we watched it. And I was like, what do you just like wouldn't go do other stuff? He's like, no, you sit and you watch the radio. Mm-hmm. And like, he's like, we did stuff like you were out, like you were up at dawn, like you had to do all these things because like the whole day was dedicated towards like, okay, like you got to go get eggs for chicken for breakfast and you got this and this. And then you got like, so those are like your daily tasks. And then you have your like weekly tasks. Like we got to do this and this. And then you have your monthly and yearly mm-hmm. tasks. And they kind of go through this progression of being able to do this stuff. And he's like, you know, and then, uh, you know, once you get that done, then, you know, there's stuff at the church that needs to be done because, you know, now it's like now we got to do all this stuff. Yeah, the community and, things that have to and, be handled as well. And there, were, there wasn't really like workers in terms of like, hey, you know, hire this guy to do something. It was like you traded for things like, hey, I'll trade you eggs for you to come make me a front door. Right. And so there was like a barter system. And uh, he goes, and it, we couldn't get places fast. Yep. So like, if you want to go do something, it took your whole day to get there in a wagon. You know, and he's like, you know, we had mules and like, you know, my neighbor's 87, dude. He's like, you know, I mean, they, like his family grew up on this land and they were, you know, rancher farmers. And, and it's just, I just think it's uh, it's kind of a different thing. And it, he, Maybe he, this is just the weird pendulum swing back the other direction from that because of the improvements in technology, improvements in how our lives go. And maybe in another 30 or 40 years, things have normalized a little bit back to the point of, oh, okay, we're all people again. We don't have to pick and choose and be pissy about something that really is arbitrary, you know? And it's just another person. Like, like fucking be nice to people, man. You know? Try not to be a piece of shit. It's a real, real easy I mean, way to Isn't that uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? <laughs> right. It's the just, whole... Just be excellent to each other? Be excellent to each other. <laughs> yeah, simple I mean, it, yeah, it's simple. It's not, it's not complicated. Back to but the words of Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Technically yeah. an immortal. <laughs> yeah, well, he is. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's probably the greatest actor of our generation. Oh. Can't name a bad film he's been in. No, 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 no. Bill and Will, Bill and Ted's The Matrix, you know, all John Wicks. I mean, the guy's a genius. John Wicks, uh, great. But, like, you know, and, and uh, uh, so when it was super cool when I was out at the deal for uh, the IHMC, um, being able to hang out with Ken Ford was by far the, the best part because he's probably the world's most interesting man. But he, uh, what we talked a pretty good length about is there's a, a research study where they looked at grip strength over different generations. And I forgot what the median for it was or, or what the, the control groups or how they did it, but I think it was something through the military. But they tested grip strength from like the greatest generation up to what we kind of presently with the millennials and Gen X. And the grip strength of the millennials is uh, one third of what it was for the greatest sense. generation. That, that completely makes sense to me. They don't have to, I mean, we're not turning wrenches, we're not fixing farm equipment, we're not bailing hay, we're not 
doing as much of this. But, uh, but in terms of neurological efficiency and strength, grip strength is probably one of the greatest determinants of not only durability, strength, power, I mean, all these, all these things. And the sadder issue is that uh, the grip strength of the millennial is almost on par with the millennial female. Mm. Where, well, that whereas, makes sense, too, I mean, because they're not doing any extra work. Well, but but so then the the the, the millennial female has uh, uh, their grip has gotten less uh, than it was, but it, it was like a maybe a five or ten percent decrease, whereas the men was like, uh, you know, two hundred percent, and uh, you know, so now the millennial men or man, based off of this research, was uh, you know is about as strong as the millennial female, and so they were talking about this like de-evolving, and they also know like sex binding globulin and hormone, testosterone levels, all these things are probably at a rate like, it was nothing for a man back then to be in like a six or a seven, and now people are like an 18. And uh, it just becomes this issue where, you know, that guys just aren't really in a situation anymore where, you know, high testosterone and like, you know, physically fit and strong and like being able to do these things and we're effectively de-evolving. Of course. And so that was a, you know, a huge problem that we've looked at. And I remember when we were out at uh, Fort Bragg, uh, the general that I got to hang out with made a good point. He said, you know, as it sits today, we are probably not strong enough to fight the wars of the future if it, be, if it came down to something that was like a hand-to-hand -hand fist fight. Like if we had to go through World War One again where we were in the trenches fighting hand-to-hand -hand with them, we couldn't survive that deal. Right, but none of the other militaries around the world are either. Oh, no, um, actually they are. Uh, uh, North Korea, China. Um, if you look at a lot of these, I mean, the, the, their level of strength and physical fitness because they are uh, so highly trained uh, okay. is far beyond us. So we're actually evolve or de-evolving at a greater rate than our other counterparts. Hmm. And that and that goes into the actual military community as well. Yeah, this is within it. Yeah. So I mean, this is, I mean, it's just it's a it's a pretty fascinating deal, man. We're we're just seeing, uh, you know, you know the, the way I look at that, right, is is while while I do think that there is the de-evolution of us, you know, as far as a physical being uh, with our species. But there is so much other opportunity, you know, if I compare it to my, my grandfather's generation, right, that, I mean, I do get the ability to relatively affordi affordably travel around the world. I also have the ability to communicate with people all over the planet. There's more information available to me right now. Literally, all of it is in a device in my pocket. And, I mean, that goes a long way, too. The problem is, is that we're not using that to gain perspective, to, to, to move forward with thoughts, and we're losing the physical side of it. Well, but but here's the thing. I mean, if uh, you would think, and like this is a great thing, um, you know, I've posed this question many times. Uh, you know, we run into people being like, hey, you know, what about training? Ah, I don't have time for that. Okay, what about eating? Well, ah, no, no, I don't have time for that. This and like, and I remember being like, okay, so we have cell phones that we can phone call. We have emails. Like we go through all these different technological advances, and the only thing that, in terms of making our lives simpler, what it's effectively done is uh, taken up all the time. Taken up all of our time. So now we don't have any time for anything. Right. And I'm always like, well, what do you have time for? Like, uh, you know, like if, if coming in and training, and I, I kind of agree, like if, if, uh, if we run into a problem where, you know, for example, like something in Houston happens or there's like, you know, let's say a, a massive, uh, you know, some form of, I don't know what it is, uh, EMP happens and all of a sudden all machinery is knocked out and no computers and you force people back into a situation where they're like, all right, how are we going to get water? Are we going to have to fucking pump this thing out? or uh, I'm gonna have to do X, or now I gotta do this. I mean, are people physically fit enough to be able to do that, or are you looking for something to take, like, okay, we're gonna have to go three generations before we figure this shit out? And that may very well be true, right? It may, it may take a big chunk of time, but 
people do a pretty good job of evolving to the environment they're put in. Sure. So what we've done is we've effectively created such a, um, you know, a, a kind of a soft, safe, easy, you know, vir uh, environment where, you know, I can stay on the internet and hide in my house and be offended yeah. by everything because God knows I go out into the real world right. where really, I don't really think these are the same problems. Like, and, and I, I've done this as a test. I mean, so like I've, I've said things to people, let's say, you know, on the internet or an email that they've been overly offended. And I always kind of respond back to them being like, if I said this to you in person verbatim, would you be offended? And they're like, you know, and all the time being like, no, because you probably hear inflection in my voice. You would realize course, I'm kidding right? and joke. Yeah. Or texting. So like, I mean, all the time, like, and I had a guy come to a seminar and I, I remember I emailed him, he emailed something and I sent something back and the guy was offended and he came to the seminar and he's like, after sitting here, realizing you're actually pretty funny, realizing you sent that email in jest, yeah. I wasn't offended. Well, I mean, thank God that we live in a world that things are so comfortable for you that you're able to get offended at the text and then decide to continue following the things that I'm going to say, there's 9 million other options, change the channel. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you want this one person that offends you to curb the thing they do when you could just well, find something else? But I mean, isn't that what people really want? I mean, don't like, I want to be offended and then I want to tell everybody how offended I am so then therefore I can somehow battle this social injustice or just find a way to make myself feel better about it. Right. You know, somebody's going to listen and be like, well, I'm a millennial. I wonder if my grip strength's weak. And they, they could be offended that somebody tested and figured out that grip strengths are off and that, and that men are a, some smaller version of themselves or not nearly as virile as they used to be. We're less so, apes. So we are, uh, we're not nearly as, uh, you know, I guess you could say manly as our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers. Oh, that, that's fair. Like, that, that's something I've, I've laughed about, you know, even with, you know, what I currently do for a living with owning an apparel company and, making YouTube videos, right? Like, like, how do I explain to my grandfather, like, World War II vet or, or something like that? Like, what, what is it you do? Like, oh, I've got, I've got an apparel company. He's like, oh, cool. So like, like a storefront, like, well, no, it's, uh, on, it's, it's, online. it's online. And he's like, all right. So like people buy stuff online and then like you, you box it up and you ship it out. I'm like, well, you, not me personally. Like I've, I've got people at a warehouse that I've actually never been to that, that box it up and ship it out for me. And he's like, so what is it you say you do here? <laughs> I'm like, I create things, damn it. I, I no, I, I uh, like my neighbor uh, all the time, like when I was trying to explain to him what we do, right. he is like, like he, like, so my neighbor's pretty funny. He thinks unless you can operate heavy machinery, you're not really a man. Makes sense. And yeah. so he, he's like, uh, like, he's like, wow, you're an idiot. And I'm like, why am I an idiot? He's like, well, you don't know how to drive a, you know, a, a cat 973. And I'm like, uh, unless I Google it, I've never even I, like yeah. uh, you know. No, I I don't know how to move dirt with it. Oh, and you're a fire, you know. I'm like, why is your? I'm like, you're like the type of person where uh, you know if you judged a fish on their ability to climb a tree, they'd be <laughs> exactly. dumb forever. Right, right. And he's like, fish are the worst climbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, what's this? Exactly. What's this thinking speak you come up with? I'm talking about dirt work, and you're you're talking about fish. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay. I don't but, like metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> that's that fancy book learning stuff. I told and, that teaching lady the only books I needed to know was the Bible and red, white, and blue. <laughs> but, like, that's kind of like, uh, you know, trying to explain it to him. Or uh, even my old neighbor, he's like, you know, I'm like, uh, so we have this training style. And, like, I was trying to explain it to him, and he was like. So you um, coach people in person? Hey. Not really. <laughs> See, I some, like people. Some, <laughs> I'm not a people person. Yeah, I moved to Texas to avoid people. Yeah, well, but he, he he's like, uh, it just sounds like y'all need to do a lot more farm work <laughs> nice. he's like he's like what you got to do is move some i'm like yeah that's that's what we do like that's and he's like but you got to tell people to do that i'm like yeah he's yeah. like huh 
okay, so uh, let's talk about football. And he was like, tells me about like when he met Jerry Jones, and he just changes the subject on me. Yeah, let me get this right. I, I currently, since I don't compete in a sport anymore, I, I go in my garage and do fake work <laughs> to build muscles I don't need to survive. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, great, yeah, yeah. great stuff, yeah. Well, well, it was like when we played football, I always thought it was ironic that they always, like, use these, like, different, like, uh, um, you know, analogies and, like, euthisms, like, of, uh, of like, war and battle and trenches. <laughs> right. and, I, and I'd always be like, I'd raise my hand and be like, nobody's going to die here, at least intentionally. Yeah. Has like, anyone seen going Ver- to war. Like, what happened in Verdun? I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm like. <laughs> We're I'm, good. I'm like, now, if you ever, like, yeah, so I just thought it was always kind of hypocritical whenever they brought that stuff up. Yeah, we've but, been uh, paid a handsome salary to play yeah, a sport. Like, yeah, let's w- slow down a little bit I, I was war like, talk. Yeah, you Usually at the end of a war, they don't go and meet in the middle and high five and hug each <laughs> right. other. Like somebody dies and they get carried off. So like, let's just stop with this shit. And I remember people were like, "Huh?" Ugh. I'm like, oh, "Have you seen Saving Private Ryan?" Because fucking dudes were getting fucked up then. Oh, and um, so let's not do this. And uh, yeah, but long yeah, story short, a little bit of perspective is always nice, right? You yeah, know, you're just, like, just a, I'm just going to my garage to do fake workouts to get muscles I don't need to right. fight fake battles. With on- that said, I love it. I mean, the whole reason anyone at this point in my life wants to talk to me is because I was super good at throwing rocks in a fucking field. Well, uh, but you got a, an interesting perspective on it. Like, personally, what I really like is whenever we you uh, do imitations or, or talk about, like, the different people you've met. Like, my favorite was the Seamus dude. Uh, like, ha- like Hamish. Like, Hamish. Like, when, when we were driving, <laughs> dude, we were driving in a car, and you're telling these stories, and you do the accent, and I can, like, picture this, like, like kind of, like, overweight, heavy Scottish dude in yep. a kilt who's, like, on his 12th fucking bypass surgery, you know, for heart bypass. It's like, I just need another pint of beer. It's another pint of can. We, we, we were laughing about this weekend. I was in New Hampshire with a, a bunch of the guys that helped do some announcing and uh, hanging out with the, with the, with the boys. And uh, we were talking about Hamish and, and the games and, like, different stuff from the past with that guy. And he's just this, you know, passed away this year and just this legendary guy of just a complete, <laughs> some complete savage. And he just operated from a different world. It's just this, you know, these stories of like, fifty-one, uh, one with the twenty-two pound stone. He's like, think about it. it doesn't even make sense. Fifty-one, one. But you can still hear the women talk about it in the Glen. <laughs> or the other one where you're like, hey, uh, we're gonna get paid for this. He's like, no, there'll be no money. <laughs> yeah. but the games your, are a disaster. <laughs> he's like, but on your deathbed, you will have my eternal thought. Yeah, he, he he's told that one of the Scottish throwers had called him. And he's like, man, you, you owe me like 170 pounds from like the last game we did, right? And so yeah. he, he responded back and he's like, no, I don't think I'll pay you. In the future, currency will hold, money will hold no value anyway. So doing you a favor, <laughs> doing me a favor. <laughs> Uh, we, we did that game for him and like so sorted out how much we we're supposed to get paid before like he's like oh you know the, the placing will be you know 60 40 30 20 pounds per, per event right and so we finish up the day and he's like what did i say i'd pay you boys <laughs> like, well, you, you told us you pay it says and he's like figures it out real quick you know on his abacus that he's got in his <laughs> trailer uh like what he's gonna pay like what the whole pot of cash would have been for the day and just hands over this pile of money he's like you boys figure it out. <laughs> like, fuck, man. Like, no one, none of us have a record of like what we threw that day or who finished and what. Yeah, because like, it's in a stone tablet like, with scratches. I feel like I took third. Is that cool with everyone if we just pay yeah, me for third good. across the board today? Like, move on. Dude, but you see, that's the, uh, that's a kind of a, just a different fucking mentality and generation. Yeah. You know? Totally, totally different ballgame with those guys. Uh, just savages, dude. And they're fun. They're fun. They're fun to be around. I'm glad to know enough guys like that, right? Like, you know, getting to know your <laughs> Bill Kasmeyer and Magnus Vermagnuson and, and these yeah. other guys around, like it's fun seeing that. And then 
I mean, even even your lily bridges, right? Like, man, savages. Like, those guys operate on a different wavelength than I do, and I'm glad to know some people that have that level of focus on, on something, that, that strength is still what matters to them. Yeah, but, uh, like, this is the interesting part. I always think about... Uh, you know, I was very fortunate to get to play football all those years, so I got a chance to test the training. Like, it was always this deal, like, what are you training for? Well, I'm training not to get my fucking ass kicked. Right. I'm training to go so I don't go out and look like a dick in front of all these people. And, like, there was, like, this kind of, like, a feeling of, like, uh, like it wakes you. It's, like, in the morning, it almost, like, kicks you in the ass out of bed. You pop up, and you're like, okay, fuck, today I got one day to fucking get better before some fucking dude who's probably younger, angrier, and fucking on probation is going to try to fucking murder me. <laughs> And, uh, it, like, that's, like, a realist deal. And, um, you know, and I think for, like, some of the guys, like, you know, they're in, you know, a gym filming YouTube or, or Instagram videos, let's say, and, like, that's their training modality or their training, like, expression. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get as many hits or views on YouTube with my training stuff. Like, that's the... And like, you know, like you said, like they don't step on stage, they don't step into a platform, they're not really competing anything, maybe once a year and they bomb out, but yet they have these monster lifts. And I remember thinking like that to me, like all that training without some form of like holding, somebody holding my hand up at the very end of something, like competing against the best in the world and trying to be the best is kind of just um, a fucking hand job. Well, what's bizarre to me is the, what's the drive? What's the motive? It's vanity, right? And... I don't fucking know. Like, I, I look at all this shit and, the, you know, I've just been kind of, this wheel's been turning. I'm like sitting in the fucking garage, lifting weights for these muscles I don't use. But right. like, but you, if you take a step back and look at it in a principal base in the process, right? It, it's indicative of the grind, of, of a social responsibility. Like, this is a, one of many methods to just maintain a level of fitness, strength, utility. Um, I mean, look, stronger people is still harder to kill. Yeah, well, yeah. But, so uh, it's but, like, uh, but, but, but I'll, I'll tell you this, and, and not to cut Luke off, but... Uh, but that's since, exactly what you did. But. Since, well, no, I'm, I'm going to fucking co-sign on you, which is, is fucking good, because I'm going to... I'll say I'm, it better than you were going to. I'm actually going to double stamp your double stamp, or your triple stamp. You can't triple stamp uh, a double stamp. When, when we moved here to Texas, I will say that our level of fitness in terms of being able to do some form of, like, menial labor tasks was fucking low. But in the last year, the amount of concrete that we poured, enough fucking holes we've dug, you know, fucking studs we've put up, I mean, all this shit, like, has been fucking epic. Like, we have done so much shit around here from, like, doing the grout on these fucking floors to, like, putting up this metal and all. I mean, so, like, in terms of, like, uh, us proving to myself, like, how useful we are, uh, I think we're fucking crushing it. Well, it's amazing like, how quick you learn. Yeah. You know, that, that manual labor, I mean, as long as you're willing to keep chipping away at it, then most of the time you can get the job done. Well, that and also Luke and I concert are like, okay, can we do this? Sure, let's hack it up. Let's watch a YouTube video, and then we're going to fucking go. And it's then you awesome. just learn. And we just learn. It's the greatest tutorial in on earth. It has everything. In terms of going back or taking taking it out of training, it's the it's the multi-year approach. It's the grind. It's the commitment. It's the progression. And, you know, likened it to a martial art. Like, how many fucking people have committed or wed themselves to some form of martial art or, or combat sport who've never stepped in a fucking octagon or, or planning on competing in it? Mm -hmm. But in doing that... It builds character. It builds, you know, things that are transferable to whether it's your work life, your family life, uh, your role as a father or a mother or a fucking part of a community comes through this type of long-term commitment and constant, but, but, constant progression. But don't you think that like maybe it goes back as far? And I, I was, I, I kind of, um, it's pretty funny. I'd, I'd never heard the term "fuckboy" until Matt actually brought it up to me, and uh, and now I use it uh, like you know kind of nice. often. That's but, my, that's but, my but, 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 he, but so I was like, what is this "fuckboy" thing? And so I did like a. 
uh, you know, of course, I hit the Google, and uh, you know, all of a sudden, I realized that you know, the uh, the golden god of the fuckboys is uh, that uh, Bradley Martin. He, he's you know, the golden god. Yeah, he's the golden god. He's you know, he's big dude. He's super jacked. He owns a gym. Pretty and, strong. So yeah, he's super strong, and he just benches chicks. And he's jacked, but he's never competed in powerlifting. He's strong. Yeah, uh, not a good bodybuilder. By the, well, by he's the... he's never competed in bodybuilding. Right. So he's never done fitness. He's never done anything. And he's he got a. He did a, some G for P for a little bit. Oh, he did. A little bit. Well, and he has a. But uh, I don't know if that's competing so much. And he's he just has a, taking photos for other dudes to jerk off to. Well, and he's got a hairline that you know uh, rivals Kelly Starrett. Well, Kelly shaved his. Shots fired. Bradley's got a little bit of Muppet hair. Yeah, well, they, you know. You, I mean, know, you yeah. can't have everything. Yeah, that's Last true. Last thing we need is some nice, handsome, hunky guy who's like 6'4 with all these muscles and, like, and also with good hair. Like, uh, <laughs> fuck him, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, 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 like Mike O'Hearn? Yeah, be like Mike O'Hearn. Like Mike O'Hearn. We need a second Mike O'Hearn. <laughs> we already got one. I mean, the dude's 47, uh, walks around at like 2% body fat. and he, it's, he exists because Stephen Hawking exists. <laughs> like, they're just fucking complete opposites on the spectrum. Uh, you know what? He, uh, uh, my, my personal thing, and uh, I love Mike O'Hearn. If I ever see him, I want to hug him for this very reason. Uh, dudes literally do nothing but try to fucking, like, rip him down and talk shit to him. And he's he so positive. Care. He doesn't yeah, care. Good he's, for him, dude. He's like, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm just really sorry that you can't see the positivity. He's and the a love goddamn of what American Gladiator. Yeah, <laughs> he's fucking great, dude. And the guy's fucking, dude. He's been in shape like that forever. forever. And people are like, oh, he's on drugs. I'm like, who cares? I, who fucking cares? I'm like, dude, there's guys on drugs that don't look one tenth as good as he dude, was. I anyone who says that, like. Here you go, man. And, and there's drugs. Take it. Do Prove it. it. I'll Do buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Prove right. me that that's right. the problem. And, show me and, that jawline. And the guy, like, I mean, the level of conditioning he keeps yeah. all year round and, like, dude, like, his fucking training regimen everything, like, that guy to me, uh, you know, I mean, is fucking... But I'll tell you this, I would like to challenge him being like, Mike, I'd like you to come out and dig some holes, and uh, let's do a little manual labor. I want to see you fucking sw swing a sledgehammer. I want to move some rocks. I got a full day of farm work at 100 degree temperature here in Texas. I'll fucking, you know, I mean, you, you want to be a fucking gladiator or a titan or whatever you got. I got some fucking heavy fucking field work to do. Sure. I got some 150 pound anvils over there that we got to move. Those are good fun. Yeah, you see them over there? Oh, yeah. So I, I scored those from a little, a little old lady in uh, San Antonio she that had them in a farmhouse. for you? <laughs> no, she, she came just in. Just by the horns in both hands, <laughs> just walked out. Well, like, where she, do you want these stuff? Uh, it was pretty funny. I went to, her, went to her place, and she's like, oh, my husband used to do some forging, and I got these things. And so I found her, and then I uh, went and picked them up, and I like just picked them up and threw them in my truck. And she's like, I haven't seen anybody do that since my husband. I'm like, nice. she's like, I've had a bunch of people come by, and they couldn't lift them in the truck, and they or couldn't get them in the car. He's been dead since the war. Yeah, and she <laughs> was war? like, and it was great. And she's like, my husband will be so happy to know, you know, would, would be so happy to know that uh, you just picked them up and threw them in the back of your truck. And uh, as she was saying that, I let one smash my finger and fucking oh. smash my finger. And she was Fuck. like, dude, was, <laughs> she's like, oh, that had to hurt. My husband did that, too. I'm pretty sure I did that trying to move one of those, too. And I'm like, god damn it. Um, but... Long story short, like uh, that, uh, like that type of um, of like you know situation where like you have a guy who you know trains and doesn't, and, and dude, Michael Hearn travels around. He yeah. you know he, he he does all like desk posing and does all this shit. I mean, the guy's like hustling. He's on here. Like I could see him as trying to you know make some impact, but like if your whole existence is, uh, and I always think that was interesting. Like uh, one of the points about fuckboys is they uh, they train. Uh, you know, like, you know, drugs, whatever, like trying mm -hmm. to be shredded out, but not for girls. No, no, because girls are far more interested in you actually having a sense of humor than they are, well, but <laughs> whether uh, your abs exist. But here's the thing. They think that, like, uh, like this is what, well, it, it was kind of weird. It was like they're doing it 
on the surface to try to get girls, but none of them really ever talk to girls, and they don't really have the skills to necessarily, like, try to talk or court uh, or even, like, yeah. Is like there to, a previous iteration of the fuckboy pre-social media? Like, is there, you know, did that exist before? I kind of think, like, maybe it was, like, a frat boy, like the is fratty no, guy. No, the but fratty like, guy is different because the fratty guy is, is, just is trying like to somehow slay tried to go from, like, 22 to retirement. Has just all of a sudden has Kennedy hair and glasses mm. with a floaty thing on the back. I'm like, you're not on a fucking boat. Where are your glasses going to fall that, you, that they need to float right now? You mean the croquis? Yeah. Like, just fucking pick them up. They're right there. They didn't need to hang off the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, wearing fishing shirts to class. I, what are you doing? Hey, it's Callie. I hate interrupting these episodes, but I don't hate doing it so much so that I will stop doing it. Especially when I'm bringing you information that I know will satiate your appetite and your wallet appetite. Raw Living Food supplies killer meals to serious athletes. Take power athlete Megan Anderson, for instance. She's a fucking UFC featherweight who fuels her fire with no-brainer meal prep from Raw Living Foods. Don't believe me? Check her out on Instagram at Megan A underscore MMA. And while you're creeping on her, head to rawlivingfoods.org. Click on Shop Foods, find a plan that works for you, and enter the code MEGAN10, that's M-E-G-A-N 10, in all caps, to get 10% off at checkout. See, wasn't that worth it? Now back to the show. Like Big Johnson shirts. Not those anymore. <laughs> you know, I told Luke when I was uh, when I was Luke's is closed. When when I was a little kid, I always wanted to uh, get one of those Big Johnson shirts. I remember like we'd go somewhere, like whatever, and I'd see one, I'd be like, Oh, those Big Johnson shirts. Those are fucking funny. And I was always like I was probably like five or you yeah. know, seven years old, and I'm like, God, one day one I'm day. gonna I'm, I'm gonna have a Big Johnson shirt. I'm in my twenties. <laughs> right. And then I remember I got a little older and I was like, I can't Thank believe when God. I was seven years yeah, old. I'm gonna and, fucking find some online today and mail them. <laughs> <laughs> Big Johnson collection, the new power athlete lineup. It's just vintage Big Johnson shirts. <laughs> I think I think you could pick up that brand for a fucking mint right now, dude. Oh, yeah, we, could we could call sole proprietor. Well, I, I bet you they're out of business. We could probably buy their. That's uh, what I'm saying. Buy, we'll the buy the brand the for pennies. Right here, I'm right here. Big oh, Johnson nice. Classics apparel. Oh, thank God, dude. Uh, new vintage and custom. Uh, Mark Bell would buy this in a second. <laughs> He's just buying businesses left and right. Is he? What business did he just buy? Uh, I think he bought. What did he buy? Uh, we I got. We got. Big I don't know what's public. I'll just stay off of Mark Bell's oh, business purchases. I, I, yeah, I don't know what he, what he did. I, I just, um, you know, I just know he's making big moves. He's doing it, man. He's doing it. I mean, that's what you. I mean, the YouTube and the uh, uh, Instagram looks like he's doing it. You know, and, and man, I, I probably talk to Mark three or four times a week. And, and uh, I know last time I was in the car, he, uh, yeah. I, you, you, you tapped him out on the speaker, oh, and well, uh, I shut him down pretty you fast. Him. Well, I, you know why? Because uh, I, I just, I can't resist. I know. And as soon as I, as soon as You're he calls a big up, old bully, John. Well, <laughs> and, you know, my my favorite thing to do is talk about my favorite Bell brother. I know Chris. I, I you know, all I do is I'm like, you he's know, he's got I'm, Chris in shape. I know, I can't believe it. Man, they're making a, like, working on doing a film together, and the best part of that, like, the documentary they're doing together, you know, Mark said, you know, Chris, you know, Chris gets excited, and Chris has been in the Hollywood thing long enough that he's like, hey, man, you know, I think we're going to bring this guy on board, and he can help us do this, and Mark's like, no, man, it's us. We pay for it. It's ours. We don't have to answer to anyone. And Chris is like, oh. It's just the first time Chris has ever yeah. had to deal with, like, someone is on board that has the bankroll that gets to say... We do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. So it's it's pretty neat, man. I'm excited to see. No, I'm I'm, I'm super it. stoked for him. I'm I'm super stoked to see. Uh, um, you know, one, I love Chris, and, and fucking Mark's great. And I mean, it's uh, even though Chris is my favorite Bell brother, 
Uh, I fucking love Mark, and I wish him, you know, so much success. And it's funny because, uh, you know, when I got to go out and do, you know, this is before they moved into their last facility. Now they moved into a bigger one. Big one. Yeah. I remember I was like, he's like talking about it. I'm like, why? This is great. I was like, right, this is great. I was like, why the fuck would you want your own facility? I'm like, you don't have to deal with all this nonsense. And uh, he was like, uh, no, I want all that. I'm like, oh, good for you. I don't. Yeah, that's uh, we. Uh, so. I guess since last time I saw you, me and uh, a couple other guys went out to L.A. We stayed at, at Gunnar Peterson's place for, for about a week. And, um, like, being around that and seeing, like, what Gunnar's vibe is and everything I do, I'm super impressed by the amount of hustle and, like, time that dude's put in. I mean, that's 30 years of the industry making it happen. I don't want any of that. <laughs> like, like, what he's got going on, that's not for me. No, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there watching, you know, and I love Gunner, dude. He was by far oh, uh, awesome. one of my favorite people when we went to Summer Strong. We, you know, I, I, I don't know if he clicked with me, but I clicked with him. So uh, I can't say we clicked, but uh, the best is I'll watch his Instagram, and I'm like, he's over there teaching hot chicks how to do uh, a booty blasters. Right. Meanwhile, and, and, hanging out with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, and, and like, like that, The Rock, right? and like, you know, and then, uh, you know, he's kind of going through this thing, and I, the next thing I know, I see a picture of like Rudy Reyes, who's there with uh, Sylvester Stallone. I'm like, God damn it. But uh, like that's his fucking audience, and that's what he does, and he it's crushes his world, it. dude. And 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 there's the way I've tried to look at things, right? Is as long as people are interested in picking up a barbell and improving themselves, I have more in common with them than I do people who don't. Mm-hmm. And so, whether it is just your Michael Hearn, Bradley Martin, or it's going to be the Lily Bridges, or it's going to be guys who are going to train just to compete in a sport, like these are all people. In my tribe, we may not all get along the same, but all these people I have far more in common with than someone who. Let me jump in here. Doesn't get it. Uh, gets a Creed tattoo and Creed lyrics tattoo because Creed changed their life. Well, I mean, they're you a know, great band. And they are you, a vegan. You mentioned that the other day, yeah. and I was just band. wondering about who is this Creed? Dude, I'm telling you, Ollie Wilson tagged me in on this fucking thing. On Facebook, what and I'm was, like, "What was the uh, I can what was the lyric can for you Cream? Take me higher? I couldn't probably fucking <laughs> with arms higher. wide open. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know any well, of their well, songs. So, so I, I told, arms wide open. how do you write with that inflection with the? <laughs> <laughs> I told you my freshman Eddie year, voice. my freshman year of high school, uh, I took an art class. So I was like in like freshman whatever. I had like an art class, and the uh, there was a kid in there who was a senior, who had a Queensrÿche tattoo. <sighs> And that was by far his fucking favorite band. Love it. And we had to do all these art projects. And I remember, like, we had to pick, like, our favorite band or something and do, like, some form of signage. And I did, like, I got, like, because uh, it was easy. It was, uh, like, ACDC. And I got, like, foam. And I, like, cut out, did, like, an ACDC sign. And the dude did this, like, overly fucking, like, hand-drawn fucking Queensryche thing. And I was like, fuck, dude. That's pretty cool. Did you trace it? And he was like, fuck no. <laughs> fucking trace it. <laughs> he's like, he fucking pulls it up and he's like, you fucking see this? And this guy was a senior, my young freshman, so he was like fucking figured it all out. <laughs> and he had this fucking Queensryche tattoo that he had hand drawn oh, and he had been man. practicing how to draw the Queen, the Queensryche, whatever it was, like their logo, their for fucking so deal, for like seven years. It had been his favorite band. It's the only band he listens to and he fucking drew it out and he, uh, uh, by fucking memory and the fucking tattoo artist inked it and how meaningful it was. And I was think back every time I hear Queensryche and I'm like, I think that guy's like, Jesus I was so into these fucking guys. You know what I hope right? I hope that that thing is just on his arm and like busted and faded and it looks like you know, some War II vets like old Navy tattoo. Aren't those like, awesome? I would just, fuck yeah, they're awesome dude. dude just blown out dude. and shitty. Like the stories that that thing has, like dude, that's what it's a fucking about. My dad had these old, uh, had like this old uh, judge that he was buddies with who was, I think it was Homer Garrett, um, was this old fucking judge, like old, like you know, Hardcastle McCormick dude and he had like fucking <laughs> 
fucking like an, an anchor on one forearm and the naked lady on the other Fuck that he yeah. got on shore Classic. leave before they like you know fucking storm the Japanese somewhere like it was like this total World War II 18 years old let me get the fucking naked lady in an anchor yeah. and like dude when the, and there was all this shitty green tattoo and I remember when I met the guy he had it rolled up and I could see it and I, it was all faded and shit and I'm like this dude's probably got some epic fucking stories. Yeah. You know? Yeah, my uh, my dad's grandfather, uh, you know, military, stuff like that, and I think everyone in that generation basically was military at some point, <laughs> uh, had the, had a bunch of tattoos. So he had a dragon on one arm that he'd got overseas and had this, I guess, uh, had a naked lady on the other that he eventually wrapped in an American flag. His wife, huh. when he came back with it, wasn't so pumped. And then he had, uh, my favorite was the twin screws. So he's got a propeller on each ass cheek. Oh, the Navy, <laughs> Navy guy. So, well, the uh, the other one is those dudes used to always get dope chess pieces yeah. too, and and like you know it was like an anchor, like shit. And now like you know Conor McGregor, I was seeing that like you know because of Conor McGregor, chess pieces have become like very trendy again. And they were showing all these like millennials with these chess pieces, and I'm thinking to myself, if you get a chess piece, you better have some fucking muscle, or they're just tattooing fucking your sternum in your bone. It's no fun. No, <laughs> your chest tattoos. So is that where fun. we need a fucking like test grip strength? You know, as you walk in, you better be able to fucking pull, uh, squeeze like fucking. I, I think we need. Uh, that's what the anvils are there for, um, by the doorway. So uh, when you enter the the, the fucking hollow Dojo. ground, uh, uh, a power Dojo, athlete, as they call it. Uh, you have to fucking lift. You know, we, we got one. We, we I think the one's like one forty nine. The other one's one sixty two. And uh, the the lady kept preserved them by by uh, coating them in beeswax. And so oh. I got to go back and fucking can we grind have it all. Uh, can we have DJ wire something up that we put those outside right and uh, in order to fucking open the door here you have to fucking pick it up like it's like on a trip plate <sighs> yeah I, th- I oh, think Jim garage is closed yeah <laughs> no like um, I I want to put a sign it's like uh, you know like something like a you know ye shall not enter unless you lift the fucking anvil like yeah. something or like, like put it at the end of the well, driveway to open the gate you have to well, fucking lift the anvil uh, I'm 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 telling you like uh, one of my fucking uh, goals for my bucket list uh, the one of the last things on my and I know I I'm, I shouldn't say this but like I've hit a lot of my bucket lists sure um, one of the last You're a man ones of means. well yeah and I played in the NFL <laughs> yeah, right. so like any bucket list that you have like oh yeah I swam in the grotto at the Playboy Mansion yeah, I totally deal. went to movie I I ate popcorn next to half you know I've driven 200 miles an hour you know uh, on a motorcycle with no helmet. Um, nice. You know, uh, like I go through all these things, but uh, one of the ones is uh, to go to Iceland and not only see Iceland, but to actually go and fucking do some of the Denny Stones. Well, you're going to be in the wrong country. The Denny oh, Stones I'm, I'm are sorry. In Scotland, uh, so, no. Going to have to well, make another two hour flight. Well, well, a little no, I mean, uh, what <laughs> were the. Uh, oh, yeah, the Husafell Stone. So, Husafell Stone and Dritvik, the stones on the beach. Yeah, uh, the ones with the, the, the fisherman stones. Yep. So, yeah, the Denny Stone. Yeah, I fucked that one up. They're sorry. Good. They're Kelly, good, cut that out. Uh, but like the uh, be able to go to Iceland because it's the one place I've always wanted to go. And when you guys fucking posted those pictures, I'm like, God fucking damn it. So I was showing my wife and she's like, well, maybe when the kids are a little older and I'm thinking to myself, I will drag my kids to Iceland and we'll drive out to the middle of fucking nowhere to try to lift these stones. Yep. That's how it works. And then uh, and, and Matt will be there, you know, be like, OK, we'll go. And then like my kids will be like. We went to Iceland when we were like seven years old, and my dad and his buddies were out there trying to lift Pick these fucking rocks. rocks. <laughs> and they're out there yelling at each other. And Chance, she's like, what? Like, as uh, I think for my daughters, like, uh, the stories that they're going to tell when they're older, like, we had our first block one here. Um, it's, actually, you can see the block somewhere around. We have a block. So um, yeah. I actually, uh, you're going to appreciate this. I, I so we got the steel, um, and uh, Jesse James actually forged the, uh, Hell yeah. the the deal, and then I welded them up, and we ground them down, and basically built these blocks. As uh, as when people pass the block one, they get a fucking block. 
And uh, so, like, you know, like, we had people here, and we were fucking training, and, like, we were using the anvils and doing a bunch of shit, and my daughters, like, saw it, and I can only imagine them, like, telling stories, like, 20 years ago, be like, my dad had this, like, big, like, metal building with weights, and these guys would show up, and they would do crazy shit. And, like, my dad would, like, make these fucking metal blocks and, like, bequeath them to these guys and, like, you know, like, kind of go through these deals. And, like, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting – but, like, they came in and they were so stoked, dude. They came in and were trying to do all the training. And we got little barbells over there for cashy. And, like, dude, it's 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 a killer existence, man. I'm so stoked we moved here. You know, the the difference in Stones and Iceland, man, there's, there's still probably – I can think of three that I haven't done, that, mm. I, that I haven't put my hands on. Um, there's one that's really ugly. It's this big 200-kilo. Fuck. Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, it's awful. And, and the, it's, there's another stone that's in the ground, like, a, like standing vertical like a coffin. And um, the story behind that one is this farmer wanted to lift stones and didn't want to farm. So made the deal with the devil that... You know, if, if I can pick up this stone, like, you'll take care of my crops. And the guy was like, that's fine, but if you don't pick up the stone, I get your soul. And so uh, the guy's trying to pick the stone up and stuff like that, and apparently the kind of trick the devil plays, he's got his, got his foot on it. He won't let him pick it up. So there's, like, these three claw marks are, like, uh, through the stone, big, big, big gashes, and so allegedly that's the devil's foot. And so the story is, because of that, and this preacher saw it, made a deal with the devil that if I could find men strong enough to carry this stone around the column a hundred laps, it gets, gets the farmer out of hell. And so I think as of now, it's like 56 laps have been done. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Wow. And with a 200-kilo stone. Yep. I think Hapthor has done like six or eight laps. Well, it's like half his body weight. Right. It's a big boy. No, it's uh, he's Dude, he's, I saw him this he's weekend, one of my right? favorite people just for the mere fact that like when I see him like like with things like uh, like I, I like he was it, there was a video or a, on his Instagram of him like lifting some stone and yeah. it kind of looked like a, a phone book kind of yeah. sized and then you saw the stone the same stone next to another person <laughs> and it was fucking like the size of this table and I'm like yeah, How yeah he big pressed is he pressed a uh, a 341 pound cut granite block overhead this past weekend just. Yeah, he's pretty strong. Crazy. He's But didn't you tell me his mom is like seven feet and his dad's like seven two? His mom's super tall. I don't know how tall she is, but his dad's taller than him and his grandfather is about the same height. And they're all about the same width. No, Haffy's the big one. Haffy played basketball like forever. <laughs> so like when Haffy went from uh playing basketball like in Europe and, and, and Iceland on the national team to, to getting into strongman, like he put on he put on 100 kilos in like 18 months. Oh, that's a solid weight gain. It's not the pre- it wasn't the prettiest weight gain, but he was <laughs> fucking gigantic. Uh, he's, well, I mean, he's what seven seven feet? No, he's six ten. So yeah, you know, I, I remember uh, uh, like we had some guys that would show up and come play, and like it, uh, it was always really hard. I remember the biggest dude was uh, Jonathan Ogden, who was about six eight, because when you get over like six eight, like all of a sudden like leverage becomes an issue. It's and weird. Dude, you just can't get low. Yeah, you just can't get low, and then dude's gonna get underneath you. But because we, six six and still moving fast, yeah, is good enough. Yeah, like six four, like six four with a six foot ten wingspan is more fucking beneficial than being six ten with a six foot ten wingspan. But I remember we had some like tall dudes come out, and I remember standing there and being like. 
oh, fuck, dude, these dudes are really tall. And, and then just watching them get in their stances and seeing how stiff they were and thinking to myself, oh, these dudes are going to get murdered. Yeah, and they just day. never play, the, play with that leverage. Well, And not only that, like that was always something I laughed about when people were like, oh, I just don't understand why that guy doesn't go over and play, play football. I'm like, because he's never fucking played football. Mm-hmm. Like average lifespan in the NFL is three and a half years, and these guys are who've played for twenty fucking years. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's it's not in, coming over and learning it. Well, the uh, I mean, and a couple pl- people have like you take an Antonio Gates who played basketball, or the and, discus and, thrower from from London. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the know, fucking yeah. talented athlete. Well, and uh, Steve, uh, there was a guy named Steve Neal who was a um, uh, like uh, fucking like Olympic wrestler who uh, literally just, like, didn't wrestle anymore and then walked on with the Patriots and was on our practice squad in Philly and went back. He played, like, 10 years, and he was an awful football player, but his fucking leverage and Just strength... Just be clear, people that played for 10 years aren't awful football Oh, players. no, no. Ter- he, wasn't, he wasn't good, but, yeah, dude, like that, that motherfucker was so strong and scrappy. He, like, overextended in terrible positions that I could have never played in and somehow fucking would win. And, I'd be, and I remember being like, dude... You're not very good at this. And he's like, I know, but fuck, I can just get out there <laughs> and fuck no. these guys up. And I'm like, you, you fucking, it. dude, you're tougher than nails. And the guy, like, you know, I'm fucking, he was just tougher than shit. And I, I think there's guys like that. Of course. Um, you know, the uh, interesting thing, and just a, uh, my only commentary, is um, the decline of offensive line play in the NFL is at such a fucking fast rate of declining. Like, the, the skills that guys are playing because the, the, there's such a small amount of practice out there right now because they don't, you know, football, uh, as an offensive lineman, the only way you learn your craft is fucking with your helmet on in full speed. And they don't just let these guys hit enough. They don't smash anymore. Just, yeah, they don't. So these guys really aren't learning. And I think the, you know, their gurus and the people that they're training with aren't teaching things properly. Interesting. So well, we were even at University of Texas this week and talking to their sports scientist, right? Granted, on the, the Olympic sports and some of the female sports, but they're plugged in with the football side of things. And guys and gals just come into a, a premier apex program like UT and literally are not in good enough shape to survive some very basic strength and conditioning yeah. shit. Mm. So he said the level of uh, strength and conditioning, so like when I say it, I don't mean it like, I mean just like physical strength and like base level conditioning that the kids are showing up with today is so far below what they was 20 years ago that they almost are like, wow, like uh, like it's just, uh, you know, you bring in, you know, these big kids that just, uh, you know, aren't physically strong, don't have a real appreciation for the weights and speed and just don't have a base level of fitness. And he's like, honestly, we are, uh, we're trying to do more with less. We just don't have the yeah. same stuff. And they, these kids are exposed to pretty advanced training techniques in high school, right, which are misapplied. Sure. But this becomes their expectation. You mean some, gonna... some coach that was an okay high school football player who's right. now coaching high school athletes? Yeah. Well, exactly. Is it applying all and, this great, and, right. and that's really, I mean, if you think about like you know, Luca's, you know, forever asking me this question, like, what are we, like, like what the fuck are we doing here? Mm-hmm. What and is it you, you say, say? You do here. You do and, here. And I constantly take the fucking information from the athletes and bring it to the engineers. <laughs> and then, and then I'm like, well, well, if you don't fucking know, I'm not going to tell you. Is what I usually yeah, tell. Yeah, nice. Them. But uh, actually, what I said to him, I'm like, you know what? Like, uh, our, you know, our joke has always been world domination, but like that's too open ended. But I mean, in terms of creating a a revolution of back to fucking basics is really what power athlete. And I, I started thinking about this last night. Like, if I could find. If I could fucking strip out all the nonsense and all the fucking advanced sports specific and bullshit and be like, here's the deal, man. Like, go back to like the 1960s and the 70s. Like, all we want you to do is get real strong, even the early 80s. Like, I want you to get as strong as you can with just basic heavy barbell movements. Stay as fucking fast as I want you to run as fast as you fucking can. I want you to lift weights. I want you to be dynamic. I don't want you to do any fucking silly bullshit like, um, like, um, 
on Monday nights, I'll watch, uh, you know, like they have like Motor Mondays on that shit, and I'll watch that Welder Up show. And uh, it always blows me away that they like find these bitching trucks and they do cool diesel shit. Then the guy like drives around looking for goofy shit to weld and put on the trucks. Ugh. And it fucking ruins it. He's like, oh, I'm going to put these 75 gas cans on here. And, I'd, and I know, like, and these dudes are paying like $125,000 for these fucking trucks. And if I showed up and I paid all this money and I looked and I'm like, dude, you welded this goofy shit on there? Get all that shit off there. Let me see the truck. Right. I want to put this motorcycle on the front. Like, I feel like if that's... it's fucking good, it doesn't have to be churched up. That's what, like, I think uh, what they're trying to do with training. They're just trying to fucking bolt goofy shit on because well, that's what they think people so, want. So I thought that for a really long time, right? And I, I, I completely agree with you. And that was one of the things, you know, with my background in track that, I mean, I, I thought luckily for me when I got into the Highland Games and my style of training that I was able to incorporate some of the things I really liked from football, the stuff I really liked from doing strongman and stuff from weightlifting that I did and then took back the track and field stuff and applied it to the Highland Games stuff. And what I didn't like about the training that I did in college uh, as far as just lifting goes for a thrower was, man, it, it, track and field stuff, and I think it's with other stuff too, you know, it becomes so inbred that you've got a coach who was a good thrower, and because if you were a good thrower for eight or ten years post-college, your coach. next job is now being a coach. So you take the things that, that you did, plus the two or three things that were specific to you that helped you get better, and now you make all your athletes do this. Well, sure enough, after you've coached for eight years, one of your guys was good enough to move forward. And then there's validation. Right, and so that validates it, and then yeah. he does the same thing, except adds the two or three things that worked for him. Next thing you know, like, we've got a set of athletes that aren't fucking deadlifting. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. why would we do that? Well, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're trying to get at is this idea of, like, simplicity. Like, we're looking to trade just a, a very basic, you know, uh, strength program, you know, based upon a linear progression, based on, like, hey, man, I want you to lift weights. I want you to run as fast as you can. I want you to be able to do some fucking pull-ups and body weight movements. And at the end of the day, like, uh, and really talking to coaches and being like, there is no SPP in the weight room. Right. Like, if you're doing the training within the confines, and now if your sport happens in here, GPP. it's all GPP. All of it. The only way that you're doing some form of sports-specific training is if it involves a fucking ball or a stick on the field or it looks like fucking practice. So, like, stop trying to fucking hybrid shit. And right. uh, I, I always go back to uh, years ago, I got a, a, an email and a video from this guy who wanted to create uh, this football helmet. So well, he did create it, and it had a pad on the top. And what he wanted to do was uh, market these things and do push presses uh, and, like, have them bring it down to the top of the helmet. And he called it sport-specific weightlifting because you're wearing a football helmet and you're doing this. And, my and dude, I literally wrote him, like, a 20-page pair, like, tearing it to shreds, being like, so you're going to fucking serve it. Good idea, load. man. Step one, put a pistol in your mouth. And, of course, like, he fucking was like, you know, I, I, you know, you can't see what this is going to do. And I'm like, it's fucking awful. Yeah, it's and if I see idea. this, I'm going to fucking lambaste you. But, like, that type of thing where I just think people have – um, like they've seen the model and like you guys know this like uh, car companies have done this forever like they they come up with a car here it is and every year they have to make some fucking tweak now whether it's a good tweak or a bad tweak to try to sell new models and to try to increase it and next thing you know you get into a car and you're like I don't even know how to turn this fucking thing on and I don't even know what any of these lights are I don't know like my wife's car like all of a sudden like uh, they'll be like um emergency braking system and the car will just randomly break when you get near a curb like real hard like fucking hard and you'll be like whoa like like thinking you hit something you look around there's nothing there and it's like emergency braking system and i want to like call them and be Fuck like off, man i'm not a fucking idiot if i want to yeah. put my foot on the brake don't do it for me you fuckhead it scares right. me 
uh, but like, causes me more problems. But the, but that's effectively what we've tried to do with strength conditioning. We've got to the idea where it's like, okay, here's the basics. Now, what can I tweak to make it specific? And I think like, if anything, like just trying to start a revolution of just simplicity and taking people back and being like, here's the problem, man. You guys are trying to extrapolate a training program for the most advanced athlete on the planet down to the fucking basic kid. Like, uh, you know, that's like trying to like teach conversational Japanese to a kid who's just trying to learn his fucking letters. Mm -hmm. Like right. teach, te you know, coach and the right program for the right athlete at the right time will allow us to progress. But just, you just have to be able to move them in. Just mm -hmm. too much variety, too much, you know, too much of it will just fucking uh, hinder growth. And if, if, if you as an athlete can't, accomplish everything you need to do for your sport with a fucking barbell squat stands some place to run yeah you've missed the point somewhere yeah like if you need bands and uh, something right. and then like all this other jiggy these shit, are real fucking cool because you're bored of doing the same thing over and over again the problem is is that basic shit of being able to do it over and over again is what gives you the foundation the right to, to do, do the band stuff correct right yeah but, so, but it's like everybody like uh it, it's kind of like um uh whenever we start talking about any diet or nutrition stuff, whenever we do any type of, you know, seminars for the military or anything, and the first question they ask, what about supplements? And I'm Damn, always like... Well, you're not doing the other fucking 90% of the pyramid, well, right, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's called supplements. So yeah. we're supplementing. So why don't we figure out the stuff that's the basics? Are you sleeping? Are you fucking no, eating yeah, food? No, Are you I, training? Are I, you, I just want to know what supplements... Do you hydrate? Take. Yeah, no, I just want to know supplements. It's like, you know... Like shortcuts, I, dude. I can't squat, but shortcuts. I want to fucking put bands and chains in the bar. I'm like, dude. It, and we just like, I, I, I think, much like Beowulf, we're fighting a good fight and we're doing what we should, which is fucking pre preaching simplicity yeah. and trying to fucking tell people, being like, get really good at doing this stuff. When you get really good and you get strong, then we'll move on to more shit. Yeah, I'll start. I'll stop squatting with a straight bar on my back when it stops fucking working. Right. Or, the, I'm, uh, or I'm hurt. <laughs> And I need to make an adjustment so that I can still lift. So man, at this at the, at UT, they had these fucking like epic, epic diagnostic. They have a sports uh, sports science center. They had this Dari machine that's like a, a accelerated movement screen. They have the fucking force plates and they have all this shit. And it reports back. You, I would I would say usable biomarkers. Sure. It does like it, it's fucking and you can do yeah. all sorts of shit with it. But what was really cool is these the guys that toured us were some dialed in dudes. And he's like, you know what makes everything fucking better on all these analyses? Just like exactly what we're all talking about here. He's like, I just got these guys doing some dynamic pulls, either a snatch or a clean. Mm -hmm. I got them squatting. I got them fucking doing some press and some conditioning and some sprinting. And they play their sport. And he's like, I might only have 30 minutes to work with some of them. Sometimes I have 90 right. minutes. But here's the, like, I do the most fundamental shit and make it fun. Put some velocity behind the movement. Keep the tonnage down. And uh, guess what happens to all these fucking scores on the Dari, on the fucking, yep, yep. the biome scan, up. the fucking well, force that's what plate. Well, that, that's what even the guy said. He's like, uh, couldn't we figure out all this with a basic barbell? He's like, oh, yeah, but that that would not be as exciting. That's the reason we have a really big TV over there because people are watching themselves. So, it's yeah, a, it, yeah. you know, that's how we get them in here. And he's and, like, and look, it, part of it's the racket of, of recruiting and having 100 percent, you know, the University of Texas it, it, isn't going to pull in the top recruits in the country who dude, look, people it, are picking what school they're going to based on what equipment whether, is in yeah, the gym. Yeah. Like, wait, wait a second. And who, oh, and wait, who you, went Adidas there last sponsors year. this team like yeah, Adidas, have, equipment's Adidas. I'm going to go to the Nike. You team. have yeah. half a million dollars of Sornex. Obviously, you guys must be winning because right. I mean that like like you walk in and like we were talking about this. Like, there's a reason Oregon stuff looks the way it does. Like there's a branding at, at these places to the point where it almost looks like the branding just threw up because they put <laughs> literally either uh, a, a bullhorn like the steer horn like the the hookem 
or uh, the state of Texas. Yeah, subtlety is not everywhere. Not like it's and like KD. Uh, well. it, 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 it's like uh, like do you remember Rodney Dangerfield in uh, Back to School when he's like ah he like kind of feels the report. He's like ah this feels like a C. Why don't we put some more charts and graphs in there and get it up to an A? Yeah. Like they're looking around, they're like I don't see enough uh, you know uh, state of Texas or uh, mm-hmm. hook 'em uh, horns. And at least so we're gonna need to get at least a uh, hundred more of these yeah, in this room. If we can room. get about forty percent more bullshit, this would really iron <laughs> and out. And you would think walking through because we did a lot of the basketball facility, and you would think Kevin Durant is the fucking creator of UT oh, basketball. Shit. Like, like, you know. Oh, my God. So so they have the Kevin Durant coaches room. They have, like, a fucking a pavilion of him. Oh, look, that guy All keeps of his writing shoes. enough checks. Oh, That's, dude. They'll fucking keep writing his name on buildings. Uh, he, they gave Shaq he's, a fucking doctorate at LSU. What do you <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Shaq. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, he, I didn't even know you went here. Like, I, I was heard telling, he tried to do brain surgery. He, like, brought that piece of paper, and he's like, I'm allowed. <laughs> We jokingly walked by like this fucking this wall that was tarped off, and uh, John's like, "Oh, another KD fucking shrine, huh?" Like in joking, but it was was a fucking KD KD shrine. shrine. Well, well, I mean, he he had like in the in the locker room, and then they had like a wall with all of the shoes that he's worn. I mean, like it was it was unfucking believable the amount of shit. Like it was all it was kind of like he's like. Well, like, how many rooms can I get for like two million dollars? And yeah. they'd be like, "Well, you get one, two. Well, what if I double that to five? Can I get twelve rooms?" And like, they were like, "Yeah, we'll pretty much name everything." He's like, "Cool. I just want a hundred pictures of me." Like, and like, <laughs> yeah, right. they fucking had a Blow TV. They just had a TV of all of his dunks and like shooting, like, yeah, like, like, like a high level. But they just had a TV that oh. was just fucking rolling it nonstop. Oh, that's. I was like, this glorious. is crazy. That's crazy. And and that yeah, it's just, this is a room he's probably never been in. No, nah, he's never <laughs> been there. He probably never been in. He what, probably. At what point in your life is there just a place in the country that's this giant shrine to you that you're like, ah, it's there. Yeah, yeah fucking. Fuck well, well I now. saw yeah, like some like like one of my boys texted me a picture of it. It looked good. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking right epic, off, though. <laughs> it was an epic. Trip. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we we like Texas is. Uh, let me let me tell you, dude. The state of Texas and University of Texas have no shortage of pride. In the state of Texas, and this, and like just the endowment and the amount of money that they spend on their facilities. I mean, it's fucking unbelievable. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's first, it's top notch, man. Division one football in this country is, oh, no, and and, I mean, I, I, I went to that small, uh, you know, uh, very, you know, conservative school in Northern California called UC Berkeley, and uh, we did not have to spend, or there was nothing like this. Like, I I walked in and I was like, is it like that now, though, John? Is it, do you know? Uh, It might be. I mean, it's got to be. Even when Andy was at A&M, which would be just a handful of years behind you, like, uh, like it's not what it is now. You know, yeah. even LSU. Whenever I was at LSU, compared to what the facility is now, yeah. isn't the same. Your your brother's the same age as me, isn't he? No, he's uh, thirty nine. Okay, so he's like a year yeah, year younger. A couple than me. years. Yeah. Um, what, what what was his last year in college? Two thousand. So he's like a, yes. So he's he's a year younger than me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like it, yeah, it's crazy, man. But that's that's part of the game. I mean, hell, at least that money's getting spent on well, the school that the teams make. But think about this. So so what they're trying to do is they're trying to convince an eighteen year old kid who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing that this is the place that's going to allow him to, like, mature into who he hopes he can be. And, like, it's kind of a fucking crapshoot because one of these guys don't know. They're basing it off a bunch of a high school shit. Like, it's a, it's a big fucking investment. And, unfortunately, kids today aren't, like, I mean, I always think about the young John Welburn going in there, and they're like, okay, well, why are you going to Berkeley? Well, probably because, uh, you know, this is the degree I want to hang on my wall, and I couldn't get in here anyway, so I'm going to use football to get in here. Now kids are like, oh, fuck, man, we get like seven pairs of fucking shoes this year. It's different, It's a man. Nike deal. Like, oh, did you see the way? Like, I, uh, 
I, I grew up training at fucking Zangus's garage when I went in there and I was like, wow, you guys have like seven squat racks. Is it fucking air conditioned? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is it's air conditioned. Weird. I'm like, wait a minute, like, uh, I don't like it. There's a, you mean, I don't have to walk upstairs to get water out of his fucking sink, you know? Like, <laughs> right. fucking, it was just. There's yeah. an old horse trough outside. It's <laughs> just filled with water. Yeah, yeah, you, you scoop just, your cup in. Yeah. And yeah. There was nothing. It's no, good, son. no, uh, you know, suck no, on your shirt. The, 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 the only thing you'd be like, "Hey, George, can I get some water?" He's like, "No, there's hot coffee up there. Go get, go get the coffee." And you're yeah. like, "Take some salt tablets." Yeah, yeah, take some salt. Yeah, and some brewer's yeast when you're up there. Oh God, dude. Yeah, it. You know, football is just such a crazy big business. It's it's really strange. Um, but yeah. It is that, man. It makes a bunch of money. So, I mean, I guess they should spend it. Well, they do, and they have endowments, and fuck, they have to spend that money. Yeah. But they have to, for recruiting, create these fucking, these palaces. Malls, these yeah. palaces. And, like, walking in, I'm like, wow, this is fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. It doesn't, it, it looks so far, like, the first weight room that we had for the track team at LSU, right? And, like, look, other sports outside of football are always stepchildren. And we trained, like, under the basketball stadium. There was, it was a dungeon. It was a concrete cinder blocked room with old leftover football equipment that had been moved to this weight room. And it was, it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking really liked it in there. You know, we were never bothered. It was, we were left alone and did whatever we wanted. And then we got moved to a weight room that was on the track, which was, it was all right. I liked the other one better, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, It's, you don't need all that. At some point it doesn't even feel like a gym, like a place you're supposed to do work anymore. It's almost like a sterile environment, right? And it's it's strange that oh, like every rack has an iPad on it with all these electrodes and stuff like that. Like, didn't we learn? Like, Ivan Drago lost, and he had all this equipment. <laughs> he did, <laughs> and they injected him with sugar water. They did, and that's why that's why he didn't win. He was king of the juice. Yeah, <laughs> but Rocky was the one who was way more jacked. I was wondering this the other day. This is a stupid thing. What what weight class are these guys fighting in? Uh, I thought it was an open weight class. It's just because, open? Is that uh, how boxing well, works? Well, well dude, the, the, the irony of this. Look at Sylvester Stallone's like about a buck sixty. No, but don't you remember when he walks into the ring and he takes his fucking rope off and Stu Hearn goes, he looks like he's trimmed down to a middleweight. And like that was like, you know, wow, look how lean he is. He's trimmed down to a middleweight. I'm like, I think he always was a middleweight. Sylvester <laughs> <laughs> Stallone's a tiny human. Yeah. and a uh, giant and, growth head now. And, uh, you know, and then you got, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Ivan Drago is uh, a Dol- Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, yeah. Who's like 6'4", like 230 at the time, and like a world champion, like martial artist, and has like multiple PhDs. He's actually more qualified than Bill Nye to give us science advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Bill, Bill and I did get torched when they realized well, that he's he a was, mechanical engineer. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> a detail. Yeah. He's a fucking TV personality. Look, we let Dr. Phil do stuff and he's not a fucking doctor. He was. He used to be. What? Uh, he was he's a dumb brain surgery. Well, he was a only, a, only really believe in one type of doctor <laughs> if, we, if we've gotten that far. Brain you know, surgery. Real Does he do brain surgery? Yeah. Yeah, that's just mushed up gray stuff in there. <laughs> fucking knows how that works. You're a foot doctor. You're not a real doctor. Electrodes going in and out, <laughs> making your arms move, and, and fucking knows, man. Body's tricky stuff. Just feel. I don't even believe in organs. To be dead honest with you. Well, you, you think it's like just dinosaur bones? No, it's just ketchup in there. You it's just like dinosaur cut it bones. Open and you just pour out. Well, I mean, there's people that believe that uh, the dinosaur bones are fakes the, that were put here to test yeah, them. There's people that believe that. That's amazing. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, the Earth's only six thousand. Those are dinosaur bones. They're totally fake. The problem I have with that, right, is like, look, everyone's entitled to their own opinion and own beliefs. You're not entitled to your own facts. 
And to believe Earth is 6,000 years old, like, you've waved bye-bye to a lot of other shit. Well, what about, uh, you know, like, uh, this would be good, the kind yep. of a transition into the Do fact it. that, uh, you know, Luke Summers is uh, uh, believes that the Earth is flat. How flat? Uh, a, a, spin, a, a disc that is accelerating through space. We're like, on a, we're like on a big ultimate Frisbee. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, is there an edge? Yes. yes. It is an ice barrier. That's why. Right? That's, so why that's why you can't go to Antarctica. Here's my problem with flat Earth theory. Okay, go on. And just simply, let's look at it this way. How does gravity work? Well, we're accelerating. Much like when you get in your car mm -hmm. and you accelerate, you get pulled back into the seat. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it would be around the center point. Because like, mm -hmm. there would still be centripetal force. But we're not, we're not spinning. No, we're just going. It's a flat disc accelerating through space. Way. But then how do we know? Oh. <laughs> but oh. then, uh, oh, well. but does that mean that we're flying away Touché. from the sun or is it paralleling us? You know, John, I it's just, I disc, don't know. But it's closer. <laughs> it's within the, that's, that makes sense. The earth is so, only like fucking 15 miles up. So the problem <laughs> is, is that. Yeah. No, the that's sun. That's how the flat earth thing works. Yeah, because there's the, three, there's three planets or stars, yeah. right? There's, a, there's one we can't see that blocks the First sun, of all, I think. This, this whole thing started as a ruse, as a joke. Now by, it's fun. And, and then the problem is, is that people really got into it. It. Yeah, and now uh, they're crazy. Answer me this, Matt. Okay, so okay. we're standing. We're standing on this Earth. If Earth were to go to an abrupt stop, mm. we would we would propel forward at 896 miles an hour. Sounds exciting, right? Okay. I don't know where I'm going with this. What's the next part of this one, John? I forget. Nah, like, <laughs> I, look, I tell I, you okay, what. Okay, you take so, a basketball, we pour water on it, and you show me how that water sticks to it and tell me this thing's round. Exactly. See, now we're on. Science. See? Huh? No, we, well, uh, I, I forget how exactly. No, some, somehow, like, a, like, you know, like when you I was just calling it, John a flat it, earth guy, and then he always just volleys back my uh, insults. No, no, sense. no, no. So the way that it started is uh, we have this ongoing uh, uh, kind of message thread on Instagram. It's a cor it's our corporate group message for important <laughs> Instagram it sounds, it sounds very stuff. So we try to find <laughs> the, 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 the most uh, interesting stuff, and it's basically titled both. So mm -hmm. we're looking for people where it's like they're multiple things. And uh, I somehow forwarded this thing, and I don't know how it came up, but uh, it was about Flat Earth, and I thought it was a mm. joke. So I forwarded it on, and then I clicked through some of the hashtags, yeah. and I realized mm -hmm. that it got it, it went to this YouTube video that, that, of course, we watched, where this guy was proving that the Earth was flat based off of airline routes that they don't really fly around the globe. They just basically go back and It connects forth. the dots. Yeah, so going from, like, L.A. to Heathrow to theoretically Cape Town, we see it as like it would be an eastward journey in the south on a globe, right? But if you use the flat earth map, it's, it's a straight, straight line. It's a line where it's so very it's so not he an interrupted the path. earth and then basically was showing how like all like that basically the time and the distances that they were mm -hmm. flying on an airplane were uh basically straight lines. So just all airplane Airplane pilots yeah. in on the fucking deal. Yeah. Yes. Well, 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 well that and the other one. And, and <laughs> Who's the, profiting from this ball. <laughs> well, that's that's what my thing is. So I so so Ken Follow Ford. Ken Ford, who's uh, you know one of the NASA advisory guys who I who I hung with last week. I, I I pitched it to him. I'm like, Ken, what's up with this flat Earth thing? And he just was like, oh. And I'm like, what? Who's profiting from uh, from from convincing the world that it, let's say it was flat? Anti ball Earth. Yeah. Like, like, who's profiting from this? And he's like, NASA. He's NASA like, would he's be. Like, the government. Knows. The but, U.S. government. But they've also claimed that we've never been in space, and we go through this whole thing. And There's he's like, a lot of stuff that gets got he's to get like, off the he, list. He, he, goes, he goes, here's the best part. He goes, I worked for NASA. I know that we went to space. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, uh, we've seen the, you know, I've seen the rockets go up. I mean, we've seen the, the live feeds. I mean, we've, we've gone through everything. Like, we've been in space. 
And, uh, you know, he, and then like, it just was going through these endless things. And he goes, you know, here's the problem. Um, like we were talking about the, uh, uh, the moon landing and how, mm-hmm. you know, people believe it's fake. And he's like, okay, just mind you, if it, let's say it was fake, do you think that we could keep that secret right. for all these years? And, here's, he, and, here's and he goes, humans are really fucking bad. at well, 25,000 people don't keep a fucking collective yes. secret. <laughs> he also grave. made a point where he said, you know, the only person that, or the only people that were monitoring it more intently than we were, were the Russians because we were in this race. Do you think that the Russians would, would totally go along with this whole thing that we did it in uh, Hollywood, you know, uh, studio and that we didn't do it. Do you think that that because we were in this fucking you know global war that we were able to fool them and they weren't going to out us that there's this massive conspiracy right. that we somehow got everybody to fucking go in on and they're going to go with it. The the biggest problem right is there are photos for publicity that were faked by NASA. Yes, we we have that and so then that becomes that bit of well if you did lie here that does make you a liar. And, you know, and so, like, instead of it being some fucking conspiracy, the reality of it is just some asshole got called and was like, we need fucking five pictures. And he's like, I got three. <laughs> he's like, I, I can <laughs> make this one two. look like space. <laughs> yeah. This one worked. And they're like, yeah, fucking fine. It's going to go in the newspaper. Some fucking no one's going to give a shit. Yeah, right. And, and we'll just forget about it. It's going to yeah. fucking end <laughs> in a month. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fucking, yeah. But, I mean, that's the. We'll be uh, driving flying cars in six months. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's. Uh, <laughs> that's such a bad idea, too. So the flat earth thing, like, one of, so where I was going with, like, gravity and the way fucking things work. Like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like we're not stuck to this because of centrifugal force. We're attracted to the center mass is how gravity works. So if it was a flat disk, the further you got out toward the edge, the more it's pulling you to the middle of it. Who told you this, Bill Nye? A science and the way gravity works. And was it a brain surgeon? <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> he just finished up it's, all the it's, pokey it's, things. It's kind of like uh, like, it, like at the uh, the playground, like you know, like they have those like uh, uh, the flat spinning things. Yep. Um, merry-go-round. Merry-go-round. Well, like yeah, yeah like the mer- well, they're, they're not merry-go-rounds, but I remember when we were kids, we would sit on them. And oh we, yeah, and, and we would put somebody in, in the middle, and we would run as fast as we can, yeah. and the person, as long as they were in the middle, could stay there. Yeah, you're sweet. The minute that they fucking got out, dude, all of a sudden See they were like, they would fly off. So like, let's not even just say it's it's not even spinning, right? But it's still gravity is going to attract to the center mass. So the further you got toward the edge, the more you would have to be. It would be like essentially like you're running up a hill. Mm-hmm. So once you actually got that's over wh- the that's edge, why you can't go to Antarctica and to the side you'd be fine again. Like, you wouldn't fall because once you got here, you're still attracted to the center of it. For our yeah. listeners, Matt is demoing on a block. block. On a block. Well, mm-hmm. maybe it's a square, not a, not a disc. Well, imagine this, but longer. Oh, oh okay. So <laughs> and <it's> round. A... <laughs> well, maybe. It and still then, has an edge. And then they're like, oh. It's not one side. Now, if Earth is one-sided, then it's really, it's like a Mobius strip. It's gotten really fucking tricky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> MC Escher drew this whole thing up. Yeah. It fucking, I would not be surprised if he was the... The catalyst behind the great architect, yeah. as they would say. Yeah. Oh, like in the Matrix, the architect. Yeah, yeah right. Well, just like the uh, the guy that is ready to negotiate with the. Uh... Oh, your fucking buddy, and what's his name? Your buddy. So years ago, we get this email from this guy Shit. who wanted to negotiate with the well, February eighteenth, twenty sixteen. The guy wanted to negotiate with the Mykola Havrilov. What, what Hi. was it? What was it? How can I meet with the owner? To do the negotiations? Question mark! Exclamation point. Line break. Line break. Question mark. Line break. Mikola Harvalov, entrepreneur, Barcelona. So I like this guy a lot. Right. So (laughs) so we were driving somewhere, and I said to Luke, "You know, we need to send him something pretty uh, elaborate." Elaborate. 
So, do you want to read it? Yeah, I'll go for it. If I can remember how to read. Oh, you don't mean a gift. I was just thinking to pick something off of Amazon and no, sit, like a three-foot gummy worm. No, 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 so no, this, no, no. Uh, yeah, this, this, it, this was pretty creative. So, here. this came in at 2.27 p.m., and then our response went out at 4.08. So, this took apparently 90 minutes to fucking... Which actually it. sounds quick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, Mikula, thanks for reaching out. The journey to the owner is representative of the negotiations ahead of us and only can be described with one word, perilous. The path begins at the entryway of Basila y Tempel Expitore de la Sagrada Familia. That's a, some Fuck fucking it. church in Barcelona. Yeah, it's nice. a church in Barcelona. Um, there, you will find, uh, there you'll find an out-of-place sheep herder leading a stray dog by a rope. He will be wearing a tattered brown overcoat adorned with an olive green sash. Ask this, essentially <laughs> search for the Holy <laughs> Ask this man to point you in the direction of the flamingo. He will signal you a driver. Shortly thereafter, a 1980 white Peugeot 505 will arrive. Your driver's name is Geppetto. He will provide you with a change of clothes, a briefcase, and a duffel bag. It is imperative that you do not open the briefcase. Geppetto will take you to Port Barcelona to a ship named the Ricardo Ricardo. <laughs> nice. Richard, Richard. <laughs> the double dick ship. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, board this ship. Look no one in the eye. And if anyone greets you, you respond with only good day to you. Uh, the voyage will last approximately six months. Upon disembarking, months. open the duffel bag. In there, you will find a typewriter, a handwritten collection of the Talk to Me Johnny blog, and a Stargate divider. In order to meet with our owner, we will require you to translate the entire Talk to Me Johnny collection into Spanish and Ukraine. Every 12, <laughs> every 12 hours, a beeping alarm will sound on the Stargate divider. You will need to enter the following code sequence into the Stargate divider's touchpad. 4, 8, oh, 15, Jesus 16, Christ. 23, 42. Then submit the code. You have to hit the pound key. You have exactly three minutes to do this. This will continue on 12-hour cycles for the remainder of your trip. Whatever you do, do not skip entering this code. The consequences will be dire. You have to start over. <laughs> Head back to the church. A ship hand named Lucius will be providing you with food and water throughout the voyage and will keep you safe. As the Ricardo Ricardo passes the 25th northern latitude, Lucius will prepare a vessel for your next journey. He will accompany you, to, he'll accompany you on your trip to the coast of Miami, Florida, in the USA. As you reach the coast, our courier, Nathaniel Bergenstein, Bergerstein, uh, we'll be waiting for you. Show him the briefcase and your translated copies of Talk to Me, Johnny. Assuming the briefcase has not been tampered with and the or translations are acceptable, he will provide you with the exact time and locations where negotiations will be held. Godspeed. I'm so, so fucking happy to be part of a group of people that would respond to anyone that way. And then the best is uh, the other day, um, I, I have a LinkedIn, but I check it like once every two years. For some reason, I clicked on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And, a Ricardo and uh, our friend here had contacted me and uh, told me he was here mm -hmm. and ready for the negotiations. Nice. <laughs> so I screen captured it. They sent Shit. it to Luke, and I was like, wow, that took. When, when, when did we send that? Uh, this was fucking February 2016. So it roughly took him months. 19 months to, you know, from Geppetto on the bus. I mean, the whole deal. So it took him 19 months to really. It's a little longer than I thought it would take. I, I thought, thought it was, was going to take him like three to four months, but I it took him. He's a hustler. 19 months it took him. So, and then the best is he hit me on LinkedIn and I saw it and I was like, is this the guy that we had looking for Geppetto? So I showed it to Luke and Luke forwards it back to me. Same dude. Nice. So I would like update photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, brilliant. Here's the best part. If you got that email, uh, at, for me at least, uh, I would hold the ruse. 
Mm. I would be like, uh, here's a picture of me. I'm on the boat. Like I would, I would. I would poorly Photoshop myself into all of those scenarios <laughs> and send them back it's, to you. It's like uh, uh, one of my favorite. Like in paint. One of my favorite stories is um, somebody had like a like garden gnomes, like lawn, yeah, like those yeah, garden yeah, gnomes, yeah. and somebody stole, swipe, it. stole it, and then they proceeded to send the owner postcard pictures of the garden gnome <laughs> yeah, all yeah. over the, the world. world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it's like, here's great. the fucking garden gnome at the Be fucking... Home. Yeah. Be home soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not having a good time. And then they would just send these, and these people, like just some fucking Midwest fuckers who just wanted to put garden gnomes, just were getting these fucking postcard pictures with like deals from their fucking garden gnome. Epic and troll. then I want to say like a year later, they came out and the garden gnome had it's returned. Back. It was back. <laughs> but I had and a tan. Yeah, and somebody <laughs> brought it back, which I think is so fucking great that yeah. somebody went to that. Uh, that Stuff like that, like that's just wonderfully funny to me. Like mm-hmm. that, that, I love that level of holding a joke. Yeah, like mm-hmm. just being mm-hmm. able to be like, I'm going to see this through. Yeah. What I like about that is you guys respond to that in roughly 90 minutes. I'm sure that there's been like a legit coach who's reached out that took a weekend to get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are. There's people probably listening to this, like, right. hey, I fucking submitted a contact yeah, form right. two weeks ago. Like, you know, and all you guys, I need... yeah, we'll get to you. Send out a fucking better email. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you're it's looking like you to talk to the owner for the to... fucking negotiations, <laughs> and you're over there trying to get Geppetto in a fucking tattered brown overcoat with a fucking lo- or, uh, olive green sash. A Peugeot shows up. Yeah, a Peugeot 505. <laughs> God, I remember, I remember when we were writing this thing. Like, uh, just being like, okay, what's the most ridiculous shit? Yeah, what's, okay. gonna what's the shit? second best day of business power athletes <laughs> ever had? Dude, that one time we sent that email back to that yeah, dude? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty much it. We killed a whole day doing yeah. that. No, we I were... put white out on a bee and it died. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first day. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. the most productive day we've yeah. ever had. Bunch no, of photos this... of you guys just fingerless leather gloves doing, <laughs> doing work. <laughs> work, 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 yeah. work. Yeah, that, you know, we talk about like, uh, you know, there's fucking uh, part of the social media facade that folks put on about doing work and fucking in Lambos and Blinding. shit. Like, and John's like, well, uh, you know, we can't do that because it would just be pictures of us writing ridiculous fucking email responses to well, people wanting negotiations well, with leaders. <laughs> so, so what I need to do is I need to hire a photographer. Um, I need to bring like five different T-shirts, change the clothes, and then what I need to do is go to different places. And pretend like uh, like fake that I'm on my cell phone, and then you take a picture of me. Yep. And, yep. and then it'd be like, oh, and then and then my and then I, I post a picture, and I'm like, oh, putting in that work today. And then people be like, oh, I see you putting in that work, getting that money. Yeah, you about that work life. Oh, yeah, man. you about that work life. We'll be like, oh, doing big things, making deals. I fucking make I'm, t-shirts I'm in my house. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm on the phone, and people are like, oh, get that money, make that work. And you're like, yeah, I'm over here. Big things are happening, man. We're about to set it up up in this piece. See, we you need to and, uh, and and like that's the thing. Or like walk down the street and have a camera following you and be like, oh, we're on our way to a business meeting. The trick is following and, yourself with and, camera. And, and <laughs> you I'm got wearing, that one perfected. And Dialed. I'm, and I'm wearing, true, I'm wearing true religion jeans oh, and a V-neck nothing's better. into a fucking you know, business meeting to do big things. Maybe like a button-up vest without a shirt on under it. And <laughs> well, and, and, and you know what? Like swing over and get like a 20-year-old stripper and be like, oh, this is the, uh, you know, this is our director of marketing. Yeah, new. And so what's what's the way we could turn that and make a mock you, like a mock you version of that? Like a mockumentary? I say we fucking set out to find this guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, this you mean Michelo or whatever oh, yeah. the fuck? All right. I think he's exciting. <laughs> well, he did, you know, he he's in Barcelona and we were supposed to go to Barcelona, but it, it looks... I think it's Barcelona. He's got a weird <laughs> Barcelona. <laughs> hey, should I try to fucking meet up with this guy? You're not going to Barcelona? Didn't we uh cancel that? We 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 each canceled it, but I didn't cancel my flights. Do you, so need, I'll a, do you need another to go to Barcelona? <laughs> I've got very little no, to you. You got to say bar- <laughs> Barcelona. Barcelona. I'll fucking let. Maybe I'll set up a meeting with them at the te- at the chapel. Can we the negotiate? Temple. Yeah. 
Well, I'll yeah. see. I'm on here. I'm here on behalf of the owner. The owner. I'll just sit. I'll sit at the table with my back to him, and they like talk to him. Like, so, this, but, in case people are but watching. can we get pictures to show that you're doing work, 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 work? I have a camera. So, so what's <laughs> this is done? What kind of makes me laugh? Just bankroll this thing, John. Me and Luke are out of here. Well, like, like this afternoon. Well, like all we have to do really is go like Lisa, like a you know a Rolls Royce or something uh, for the Pujo. day. Yeah, a, a Pujo 505. Yeah. Personally, what I'd rather do is people being like, oh yeah, man, I'm all about that work. Life. Here's my piece of shit 80 or 86 K5 Blazer <laughs> uh-huh. diesel. That's, that's nice. how you know you made it. Yeah, it's good. That's the way to go. Yeah, that's what Matt, have you heard of a social media account called Kirby Jenner? No. Look it up, and that's for all of our listeners as well. Look up Kirby Jenner. So what? The, the fraternal street, twin what, of Kendall Jenner. What? What? What, oh, what no. this guy? This this kind of like mustache hipster dude has done is he is a Kendall Jenner or Kendall Jenner will put out like pictures like whether she's a model or whatever on her Instagram. Oh, he just he steals them. them. He steals them and then what he does is he photoshops himself in. And when I tell you his fucking Oh, I have yes, his, I have his seen this. His level of photoshop is so fucking high that he 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 like legitimately like green screens Looks like himself. they're hanging out. Oh yeah, like it's fucking seamless. Yeah. And like the outfits and whatever he does like a modeling shoot for these things and it's fucking unbelievably seamless. Oh, that guy's a champion. Yeah, it's fucking epic. Like yeah. he, and the, uh, a you fucking know what? Hilarious. He fucking deserves that many likes. Yeah, no, oh, do you he know does. what I mean? Like he's a genius. Yeah, of course and, this and is fucking better than part anything is, I've ever thought of. And the best is Luke saw him. <laughs> I saw him at fucking O'Hare. And O'Hare. And like and you, it was like just, six in the morning after a wedding and like a rough one. Like you remember though we were talking about those hangovers earlier. Oh, and I'm like, holy you fuck! Just is that like is that Kirby Jenner sweating? And like you know, you triple take, and then I'm like, no, and like you go, and I'm like, that's fucking Kirby Jenner, Dude, and I'm like, I lost my fucking, like, <laughs> that is a guy I would definitely fucking be like, yo, we I've need been a like, picture. I've been like, like, Dude, we need. No, a I fucking didn't do it because I but, exactly, I'm a huge pussy. But, you know what's weirder is that guy's now job. Imagine him explaining that to his grandfather. What like, is it you um, say you do, Kirby? Well, um, I steal this uh, this famous girl's pictures well, off what of is the she internet. Famous for? Well, um, her sister got banged on camera. Is yep. the only thing she's famous for. And her other sister got more plastic surgery, which is my favorite one where people are like, you're not ugly, you're just poor. Yeah. Where, like, you see the before and after, and they were like, uh, you're not ugly, you're just poor. Like, this girl had, like, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, those people are, are Martians. And, you know, sadly, in 300 years when we're not, we're like fucking, you know, phantoms of dust, yeah. people will remember them much like George Washington. It would be George Washington, Ben Franklin, you know, Abe Lincoln, and the Kardashians. Oh, good for them. And yes. Gunnar Peterson. And Gunner. Gunner helped shape him. And Gunner. Well, I mean, big gun dog. This is pretty good, don't you think? I mean, we were at this for two hours. I love it. Really? Um, I thought we were just 10 minutes. I blacked out. <laughs> but smoking uh, cigarettes the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Drifta Lifta, a.k.a. Matt Vincent. Matt Vincent. A.k.a. doing work, 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 yes. work. I'm the biggest, he's the grinding. biggest, biggest hustler in the game. Such he's married hustle. to the grind. He's just, he's all about that. He's all about that hustle life. He's all about that big and doing things, about to set it off up yeah. in this piece, making moves. I'm about air squats and blood flow restriction. Yeah, and instead of, uh, I think instead of fucking. Well, the problem is you're doing the blood flow restriction around your neck, so they just call mm-hmm. that fucking. While you're masturbating. I like David Carradine. I'm <laughs> yeah, a fan. Well, I thought you were so more like a uh, NXS guy. He's so, in there. Uh, I'm David Carradine. Before we get going, though. Kung Fu. Tell me about this fucking freezer you put together. Ooh, the so poor man's on? cold tub. <laughs> yeah, hang it's on. It's the greatest fucking move ever. Yeah, it sounds pretty crafty. Cold tub, they're awesome. I'm not going to explain why they're awesome. Fucking read a book. So they're a real pain in the ass because you have to have ice for it. Mm-hmm. And so to have ice, you either buy a shit ton of ice, and if you're going to do enough to do, like I'm doing cold tub stuff twice a day, mm-hmm. 
So if you're gonna do that, like you need enough ice to fill a thing that you can get completely inside of. So it's like really easy to spend four or five hundred dollars a month on ice. Right. Or you spend three grand and you buy a commercial and ice. You make machine, your own ice. Which still only makes about two hundred pounds of ice. And so if your thing's big enough for you to lay in, you still have to, that thing has to refill with ice three times a day for you to have enough ice to do it. So you actually have to like harvest ice and put it into a big ice chest to hold ice to get ready to make the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Or you spend 150 bucks on Craigslist and you buy a 22 foot, no, 22 cubic foot chest freezer mm -hmm. that has a drain already in it, fill it with water and plug it in. <laughs> Two days later, cold tub. Cold tub. There. So do you fucking? Do you, do you just kneel in it or do you lay? No, in man. It? You can fully lay in it. And it doesn't so break. No, <laughs> they're great. Genius. Did you come up with this idea? Or no, was... no, I ripped it off of Kelly. Oh. So Kelly and Brian McKenzie. Oh. So yeah. the brain so, trust. <laughs> yes, indeed. It just Who keeps... did they steal it from? Because those motherfuckers haven't had an original idea where, ever. I don't know where Brian got it from, but Kelly had called me because Kelly's got this really nice, like stainless uh, cold tub that Juliet had made for him. The problem is, is the harvesting ice, ice yeah. for it is just such a disaster. And you're like, oh, this thing just stays cold. So I've, I've taken it now, like after, after two days, I've gotten the water temperature down to uh, mid 40s, mm -hmm. right? And so I put a chlorine tablet in it from a hot tub right? Um, and plug it in. Like I, I don't get in it plugged in. Mm -hmm. That's, I think just Why? I think it's fucking dumb. Not electricity. Well, couldn't you yeah. put like saran wrap around it or something, waterproof it? Well, it's waterproof. <laughs> well, it's basically a giant ice chest. Like it works mm -hmm. very, very well. It just seems smarter to <laughs> unplug it. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, other than the fact that, like, maybe you could, like, wrap yourself in, like, a... Look, I think in, 200 in, times in, in that, copper, a, you in, know, in, it could like, not be a problem with electrocution, like, but it only takes once. <laughs> copper conduit. Yeah. And so, it would, yeah, right, right, right. And so then I took it and put a... Um, I bought a $10 Bluetooth... Uh, Thermometer. No, timer. Oh, okay. So, like, uh, I can control whether it's on or off via my phone now. And so it runs for two hours a day and it maintains temperature. Nice. That's so for brilliant. 150 bucks once for a freezer mm -hmm. and then probably 10 bucks a month to maintain it running. Yeah. Yeah. I have a cold tub that's ready to go at any time. What do you, uh, I'm, I'm just amazed that it would hold that much water in terms like the of weight, weight but yeah. it actually makes sense because it would hold ice and yeah. you know, like it's not as if what, like the equal amount of ice is, I would is say weighs frozen meat more. weighs more than water. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll have to figure it out. Well, I mean, we're uh, gonna run this by the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's fucking epic. I think we should tinker with that. Dude, fucking, why not? Like, why not? I'm almost thinking like you could. Um, you now, could, do you pee in the the cold tub? Uh, well, only just, pee back in. Like, just in his mouth. <laughs> I was gonna say in his mouth. Yeah. Well, you that's know, just for salt. You know what you could do, which I I think would be kind of interesting, is uh, you could. I, like I wonder if you could uh I mean this would be expensive, but you could almost encase it like like make like a steel case and like kind of like you know be able to slip it in mm -hmm. and then that way you would have like uh make it a little more durable because the thing I would always worry about is like what if it blows out what if it breaks mm -hmm. I mean you know i I could see those guys like having it on their you know expensive oak floors and then the thing explodes. why would you have this in your house well, I mean isn't that where they would everybody would put it? I have it on my back porch, yeah, but most people wouldn't why it's a well, white box it's not offensive. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like, you know, because you want it in your bed so you well, can I would sleep put in it. it. Yeah, I would put it upstairs. Oh, yeah, sleeping yeah. in it's a bad move. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the way to go. No, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think uh, I think it's a great idea. I, look, and I, I thought about that originally. I was like, well, fuck, man, I'm going to have to build, like, a boxer in this mm -hmm. so it doesn't look like I'm holding a yard sale in my backyard. Mm -hmm. but, but then who the fuck's looking in your backyard? Well, it's, it's a white box. It, it's yeah, completely it's not offensive and honestly doesn't. It looks like a fucking freezer. Yeah, it, and it doesn't go against the normal decor that we've done with our yeah, yard. Yeah, you already got, yeah. 
And so, so you got for HOA and shit to worry about. Potentially. If it fails, I'll yeah. just throw it away and buy another one. Right. Yeah. Sure. I've spent no 150 brainer. bucks on dumber shit. Uh huh. That's true. That's true. So. And it's it's rad. Well, there you go, fucking people. Get your own mm. ice tub. Yeah. I'm Plug in ice tub. No, I think it's a great idea. We we should have a couple up here. Yeah. The only thing is here in Texas, it's a little fucking hot. So that thing would be running you all. You think fuss- it's fucking not hot in Louisiana? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably pretty hot in Louisiana, but yeah. like uh, seriously, like, it only runs two hours a day. Once once you so look, fill it with water. Go buy forty or eighty pounds of ice. Yeah, and just so fucking basically just, prime it, right? Right. So now it's getting cold, and then once it's gotten cold, it, it runs for two hours a day. The whole thing's insulated. It holds cold great. Yeah. Fucking hell. I don't. I can't do it colder than about mid forties. Well, how long are you supposed to go in? Uh, like, uh, like I, uh, I so, would try like, to get I in until I was not. Fucking science. Like, uh, and nobody does. It's all fucking bullshit. Right. Everybody says they know they don't. I know. Now, I think it feels better. So I'll do. I'll do hot tub until I'm fucking hot. And then you get in, and, and it's I hold it there bass. until I'm fucking cold, mm-hmm. which yeah. is usually which was, three to five minutes. So, dude, we uh, we were doing. Well, uh, Sean Landetta was the guy that always talked to me about contrast baths, and he he was a fucking huge proponent of it. And so we would do like. Like, you get in the cold until you stop fucking tingling and you yep. numb up, and then you get in the hot, and the minute that you fucking start numbing up from the hot where you can feel everything, then you get back, back in the cold. cold yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you just kind of go from, like, one extreme to the other, and you do it about ten times, and you feel fucking magical. Now, now here's I've the problem. I've been using it at night before bed, like, for down regulation, and I really I just like want to know how these guys are selling seminars teaching cold I, tubs. Well, all right, so I know Laird and those guys, it's not just cold tubs, so they're also teaching breathing, they're also teaching... A lot of different things. I don't know a lot about the XPT course itself, but it, it looks interesting. It looks fun. Well, it, I, it, well, it looks like you get to go do cold tubs, and they yeah. like cheer people on, and like. Well, they also do a bunch of like weird underwater training, and mm-hmm. I think like breath control and learning to manipulate that without panic. Yeah, is, mm. is neat. So kind of like, um, but if we do it, I kind of want to like do the real one. Like I want to do the Wim Hof deal. Like uh, every, you know who Wim Hof oh, is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like uh, I, I know those guys probably did some Wim Hof and then well, figured Wim like, we... was working with XBT for a period of time. Oh, and then they, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, well, good for him. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he likes he's not to, stable. <laughs> well, good. He likes to fucking hand yeah, them back. He likes to party. And you know what? I'd like to go to like Sweden Poland? or Iceland or yeah. Poland or one of these places and hang out with him and yeah, fucking drink also, vodka. And he's also off the charts. Mm-hmm. Like as far as the, the guy just operates and can do things differently with his body. Than anyone else. Right. right. I mean, like they've done the studies I've seen with him. Like they basically submerged him in a slushy of ice and he raised his core temperature over 30 minutes. From breathing, like fuck, man, you you've got something I don't yeah, have. Yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, I can press heavy things over my head. You get to fucking do that. So mm-hmm. cool beans. <laughs> I'm cool with that, dude. I, I'd like to go hang out with the guy. Right, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in. I, I don't think it's revolutionary or it's going to change my life, but if it makes, you know, dude, I'm willing to do Anything? wacky stuff to try yeah. to see what yeah. it does. Sure, sure. You're like, I drink my own urine. Yeah, it tastes great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> sterile. It was great. <laughs> Well, dude, thanks for fucking driving out and hanging out and making That's this it, thing man. in I'm about person. to head back home, yeah. Yeah, Next just <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, a little, uh, I'm a little sweaty, a little swampy, but yeah. it, it's totally cool, you know, because I'm going to go wear my capris and I'm going to go down and get fucking yeah. weird. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't like to talk over the phone, so I'll just drive over for seven hours. <laughs> either text two, me or come back. over. I love it. I love it. I'm in. It's so much better than what I used to do for a living, so I'll, I'll allow it. People, HV111, just kidding, or I, I, I. I. Yep. Uh, hate brand goods, fucking look up Matt Vincent, all good shit, good friend of ours, he should be a good friend of yours, go check him out. Uh, he'll be at the symposium, yeah, usually at wearing... Yeah, Shelby there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be there in silkies and a stringer tank. <laughs> Being a, the is, best fuckboy you can be. Sitting in the back. Is, is, is that fuckboy uh, attire? No, no. Fuckboys no, usually fuck wear real, do, like real tight sweatpants. They don't like mm-hmm. to hide, to show the legs off. Sometimes. Oh yeah, they're they're big sweatpant guys. Do you uh, think before the symposium we can build a crow's nest into this fucker? Yeah. Well, sure. no. I'm I'm gonna have an eight. I, I got an 18 foot fan sitting over there that we're waiting on a new mount yeah, for. Yeah. Crow's nest. <laughs> okay, I'll build the, you a crow's this nest. This is both. Yeah, I'll build you a crow's nest. <laughs> I don't wonder. Crow! I'm there to just watch. I'm going to get one of those uh, well, like dressed up like Jon Snow off of Game of Thrones with mm-hmm. a big black furry thing and just keeping it. Watch well, it to the wall. Y- you know, we got uh, some car lifts. I got to get some car lifts in okay. here so I could like lift one up and you can just hang up there in the there crow's nest. I heard the symposium isn't actually happening here. No. Just a portion of it. Just a portion. See, I fucked that up in my head. That's all no, right. No, we're at the Sinesta so we can like, <laughs> yeah, it'll be. Yeah, it'll, it'll be legit though. All right. All right, people. Check you later. Peace Good out. show. Peace. Bye. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Follow the Drift Alifta on Instagram under I H V I I I Matt Vincent. Track his rehab progress, follow his many travels, and buy some swag to support his growing ice bath addiction. And don't forget to head to rawlivingfoods.org to round out your nutrition needs. Take a 10% bite out of your final purchase by entering the coupon code MEGAN10. That's M-E-G-A-N 10 in all caps at the time of checkout. Until next time, bye!